Welcome to Critapocalypse episode 183. As it always, give me a chance to capture any background noise so I can eliminate the alarm that's going off outside. First, you complain because I'm eating these delicious jelly babies that make me <laughs> making me salivate. Are they jelly babies? Jelly beans. Yeah, there you go. These spicy jelly beans that seem to be causing me to produce quite a lot of saliva right now. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I am absolutely salivating at the delicious taste of these spicy beans. And how you doing? How's your world going? I want to apologise. In general. I was... Yeah. yeah. I was wrong. Were you? You were right. <laughs> Drive my car one... The best picture Oscar, didn't it? I think so, possibly. Or it was Coda. It might have been Coda. I can't remember. I wasn't paying. I didn't watch the Oscars. Yeah, no, nor did I. I did, however, watch that slap that Will Smith gave Chris Rock about the website times. that from Victorious. Yeah, the slap. Yeah, my God, these taste disgusting. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's been two weeks since you took them out of the packaging. I'm genuinely producing too much saliva. Insects have probably been on them. No, they've been sealed. Hmm. By the cardboard, <laughs> the best of all, best of all sealing devices. Sealed with a kiss, kiss from a rose. All right. Anyway, yeah. Um, Lewis Smith slap Chris Rock. We're not going to fucking talk about it because everybody's talking about you it. You just started just, talking about I it. I just wanted to make sure people were aware we have eyes and we do listen to shit. <coughs> oh god. What? Are you... It's a Pepsi, spicy bean combination there. Um, but yeah, like. The Oscars in general was fairly disappointing. I liked seeing that the first deaf actor, he got a best supporting actor thing and he did his whole speech in uh, in uh, sign and he had a nice little thing to say about the person, his dad, who uh, was the best signer in the family and was sadly in a car accident. It was all very, very sweet. And we had Lady Gaga and La Gaga. If his dad was the best signer in the family, why didn't he win the Oscar? His dad was in a car accident and lost all the use of his body below his neck. So he fe- yeah. he couldn't communicate after that. And he, he was saying it's for his dad. It's oh. to show that deaf people can be, you know, show the deaf experience. Um, Lady Gaga had Liza Minnelli up on stage. It's all very sweet. You know, it was all it was it was a nice time apart from that one event. And also Will Smith's psychotic fucking acceptance speech after that one event. I don't I don't care. No, 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 I just wanted to talk about the Oscars and the fact that you got one right. I probably got one all right. No, you fucking didn't, because you're dumb. Stop lying. I got one all right. What <sighs> on best special effects? What was up for nominations for best special effects? Dune. Dune? It won. Yeah. Well, Dune t- actually took a lot of technical Oscars. give me a chance to say what could have won. Oh, right, sorry. You should have said all the nominations. Best adapted screenplay. Dune. No. Yeah. Fuck off. It'll be some film I've never heard of. Dune. What the fuck's Dune? Dune? Is that a Scottish film? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's a Scottish version. Yeah. Beat me to it. Yeah. I sip my drink because I'm, I'm salivating. I've got to take that saliva back into my body. So now what are you doing? What do you mean? Well, you get on with the, sh- the sh- You're first, aren't you? Well, no, we were talking about the Oscars and then you were talking about something and I was waiting for you to finish your thing talking about I stuff. Thing. I was waiting for you to tell me what nominations... Oh, for are... fuck's sake. I don't care. You don't care, do you? No. Someone was physically assaulted on a stage. I want to talk about that for a second. No, you don't. Just so that... No, I don't even want to fucking talk about that. I'm bored of people talking about that. No, oh, shit, I dropped my bean. <laughs> my jellies. No, I just wanted to talk about something other than video games and movies and music. So you talked about the Oscars. I want to talk about people. People, and yeah. And celebrating stuff. And it yeah. didn't go well, because these beans. Well, 
Don't get yourself to blame. I've got this diarrhea brewing inside of me. Malignant didn't win anything. That's a fucking crime. But loads of people did Photoshop Gabrielle, <laughs> the monster on the red carpet. <laughs> oh. But yeah. It was, it was, you know, the Malignant was film of the year. What? Malignant, film of the year. You know what I think? That the box office was a bit too malignant for it to get that sort of accolade. First they ignore Serenity. <laughs> now they ignore Malignant. What was the follow-up to Serenity? There was another film that got made. What, Stephen Denight? Yeah. No. Did he not make another film? No. Not yet. He did all of Daredevil, though, didn't he? He wrote Street Fighter the movie. Oh, The Legend of Chun-Li? No. Ah. No, the Jungle Van Damme. Ah. <laughs> Stephen, he's a freaking guy who does stuff. Didn't he write Blade, or is that David S. Goya? Goya wrote Blade. Mm. Alright, my first review this week I'm going to review a film that I don't think anyone should bother seeing thus I'm going to review it up front I say bother seeing it's on Netflix I watched The Bubble oh. the Karen Gillan uh, Michael uh, uh, Keegan-Michael Key uh, Pedro, Pedro Pascal uh, Fox Mulder Fox yeah. Model, yeah, that's his name. Yeah, that's yeah, his name. Yeah. Um, Steve Duchovny. There you go. There you yeah. go. Peter Serafinowicz starring Judd Apatow comedy about a bunch of people who are who are making a film in a bubble and <coughs> how that affects not only their their minds but also how it affects the work that they they end up doing. Yeah, it's a comedy. It's not great. Most of the film on Netflix, so... Yeah, that's true, but, you know, Judd Apatow has got a great cast. I feel like they're mostly wasted. Um, there's a lot of... You can't even Pas- describe what it's about. I just did. Did you? Yeah. Did you? A bunch of actors stuck in a bubble making a film and how that affects the work. What kind of bubble? They're just... Oh, sorry, COVID it. bubble. Poking bubble so when it pops. It's a COVID bubble. So, um. so they turn up and they have to wait for two weeks to go through the quarantine process and then they start working. Um, and yeah, it's it, like I said, it's a really good cast. Everyone's really likable, but you know, it's also just quite bland. And there's like not a lot of fun stuff in there. I think that um, yeah, but I'm sure Netflix have announced it's the most watched film of all time or some bullshit like that. It's not Red Notice. Alex. Oh, it's not. That was Red the most watched film of all time. Oh well, before I, uh, did before you watch Red it? Notice? Yes, I did. Before I Red Notice was the most watched film of all time. Bright was the f- most watched film of all time. If you remember oh. that, you remember that. Who was that written by? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. No. Did Will Smith sna- slap anyone in it? I think so. Nah, he didn't. I don't care if he doesn't. Um, but yeah, so uh, you you know what? Like, you know what? Like, uh, there's some funny bits in there. Nailing Fred Armisen. He's he plays the director. Uh-huh. And they've got him. They've got him after. So the joke is that they're making Cliff Beats Beasts six. And Cliff Beast 5, Karen Gillum left the production early on and didn't agree to didn't agree to make it or or you know just break the contract um, to go and make a film in which she plays a half Israeli half Palestinian woman who is uniting those two countries Good to her. fight aliens. That sounds like an important film. And you know they keep mentioning the fact that sounds that she's, like a good Randy Quaid vehicle they, they keep mentioning the fact that she's neither Israeli or Palestinian but she played someone who's both and she goes that was the acting 
Yeah. <laughs> and everybody's quite critical of it because it's just a terrible movie. They do show a scene in which she's climbing up a mountain and she's firing guns into the air as like there's an alien. And uh, one of the things that made me laugh is I, I I don't know if I reviewed this on the on the podcast, but there's a TV no there's a movie called Jerusalem with a Z instead of an S. Uh, it's about zombies. Oh. <laughs> and it's 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 as good as is it like a zombie. Yeah, mm. it's better. Because it instantly really? dates itself. This is, that's, I can't it believe that. It instantly dates itself. It's a found footage film. But can you guess what method they use to record this found footage film? It instantly dates itself. Think about it. What is a device? Um, a Fisher-Price Easy Hold no, camera. No, it's oh. even funnier than that. It is a device that I think for the most part has disappeared into complete obscurity. Game Boy camera. No. no. It is a Google Glass pair of glasses. Oh. She gets bought them by her father and he gives them to her and she's like, she's like, This is wow. a movie made by Google. <laughs> she's like, wow, I really wanted a pair of these and goes, I know, I even got your prescription and she's wearing the, the whole film and like messages come up and stuff. Anyway, so it reminded me a lot of Jerusalem, that scene. Mm. But the rest of the movie... Do you remember when people broke Google Glass when they found out it would just read QR codes and load the yeah, yeah. things? Yeah, so they they've just... got loads of viruses and they just completely yeah. fucked up and crashed. Do you remember when like, people found out it only had like a four-hour battery life? Then the glasses stopped working. Yeah. No, 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 the lens just goes black. <laughs> well, no, the lenses still work. But oh. Google I'm amazed they didn't find a way of stopping uh, the lenses working. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Um, but anyway, so yeah, so the bubble, it's fine. There's some like really funny bits, um, around a drug binge they all do. So they all decide that they're going to start doing drugs because they're losing their minds being trapped in this bubble and this, the shooting schedule has gone from three months to six months and they're all just basically going nuts. Um, so they all have like this big drug binge and, uh, and it's just... They're going to do that anyway. Yeah, they're going to do that anyway. But as they're all doing coke and stuff like that, they're all having like conversations and stuff and it, and you know... It's one of the only times in the film where it feels like everybody's actually having a good time. Because, like, the way that it happens is Karen Gillan goes to Pedro... Pedro... Uh, Pedro... Goes to the Mandalorian, right? Yeah. <laughs> Pedro Pascal. Goes to him and says, have you got any drugs? And he goes, yes, I have a lot of drugs. He goes, let's do some drugs. And he's like, okay. And they start snorting lines. And as they're snorting lines... People step in and it's like, you know, it's just basically a montage of people coming in and going, eh, <laughs> joining in doing lines of coke and fucking acid. But it's the way that every actor comes in has an individual way of announcing, like David Duchovny like goes, opens the door and he, he pretends to close it. And he goes, he goes I'm only joking, and, like it's ready to do a line. And I was just watching, I was like, this is pretty fun. And uh, and then there's a nice little follow-up joke from that, like, um, Keegan-Michael Key at the end, he's like, He's like, I went to rehab. And they went, yeah, you went to rehab for 48 hours for cocaine addiction. He goes, I love cocaine, but I need to not ever do cocaine. So I went in the rehab center and they were like, don't ever do cocaine again. I said, okay. And now I'm I'm not addicted to cocaine anymore. Um, it has He's Leslie Mann okay in it. With cocaine. It has Leslie Mann in it because, of course, it does. She's she's obviously married to Judd Apatow. Oh, right. She gets a hand blown off. Oh. It's pretty cool. Is that a fantasy of his? I don't know, but it's pretty cool. Mm. She goes nuts, and she like rollerblades to try and like keep her sanity like in between shoots. And so she goes nuts, and she puts on this giant like fur coat, and she puts on a rollerblade, and she's rollerblading to safety. And someone goes, "Oh, we thought she was a crazed fan," and they were like, "Why would a crazed fan be going away from the house?" And they go, "We don't know. We just put down the fret." And they were like, "How do you put it down?" And you go, 
well, you know, and she's like lost her hand. She's got a thumb dangling down. She's like, ah, and there's blood everywhere. Uh, there's a scene where they all get influenza instead of COVID. Yeah. And they're doing a shoot where they have to climb a, climb a, a rock face. And uh, they just give up halfway through because they're all very sick. And then they vomit on each other. And I didn't think I'd ever want to see uh, David Duchovny vomit on Leslie Mann's face. But it did make me laugh. Um, they make you horny. No, not really. Uh. Not really. But uh, maybe. You know, I might watch it a couple more times. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is it is the height of mediocrity. And that is depressing. Because even films that like Judd Apatow made more recently like, uh, like Funny People. And uh, This is 40 and uh, train wreck, you know stuff like that, like stuff that um, wasn't I don't necessarily. Think I can remember watching any Judge Apatow movies. Forty-year-old virgin, maybe knocked up. No. Okay, um, but yeah, like the the biggest problem is that like it does just feel you've got this massive cast. They're all really good, and they just uh, they just don't really do much with them. Like Daisy Ridley has a cameo in this with Pedro Pedro Pascal. Yeah. She plays like this woman in the mirror, and like a smart mirror, that like he talks to, and like she tells him to do. You know, like that scene in her when that woman's talking about sh- that dead cat and all that other stuff. Or in the the film Oculus, starring Karen Gillan. No, because that was about a mirror that killed people. It wasn't a smart mirror. Yeah, but she sees a woman in the mirror. Yeah, her. Yeah, she was talking to the man in the mirror. He was asking her to change her ways. Yeah. And no message... It's a WWE film. ...could have been any clearer. Mm. If you want to make the world a better place, you take a look at yourself, you say, that's my face. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, The Bubble. If you've got Netflix, it's free. If you don't... It's not free, because you're paying for Netflix. If you don't have Netflix, it's not if free. If you've got Netflix, I don't really... it's the cost of the Netflix subscription. Well... It's not <laughs> free, how much is stuff it? you watch on Netflix, isn't it? No, not really. I don't, I don't like this ant. I didn't like it as much as I wanted to like it, and well, I like all the people in it. It looked mediocre trash. Yeah, yeah. The scene, one of the funniest scenes, is in the trailer, which is a bit of a shame. As they're yeah. all doing drugs, they've got this very, very passive, very effeminate guy in it who uh, who has some really good scenes. Actually, he's a British guy who's like one of the handlers. He's like the health officer for the mm. like the the shoot the shoot, and. Uh, and they go, oh my god, you look like Doctor Strange. And he goes, oh, do I? And it cuts to him, and he's just got a CGI Benedict Cumberbatch face. And he goes, I'm Doctor Strange. <laughs> I'm Benedict Cumberbatch. And they're all like, don't change your face back. He goes, he goes hello. <laughs> like that. Like, hmm. It's the most <laughs> the most minimal effort dialogue. And I liked it because it is the kind of thing. Like, like there is a scene where he has to demonstrate how people interact on set when they can't touch. Yeah. And he goes... Maybe give someone a sultry look. And there is a minute of him just giving sultry eyes at no one on stage and just making like subtle little noise. Had me in tears. Had me in stitches. He was fantastic. He's like literally, he's just staring out to the audience and he's just like, oh, oh, well, well, mm. And he's like, and there you go. I get a look over his IMDb and all he does is play camp characters yeah. in everything. That's his shtick. That's his shtick. A whole um, bunch of bad British sitcoms. He has he has a very good joke at the end where they do like where they like they're wrapping up because they film a documentary all the way through it. Um, filmed by one of the guys from the film Balls Out from 2014, which is a much better comedy if you're looking for something funny to watch. Uh, but he um, he plays the the like camera guy and he's like doing like a behind the scenes thing because they're like even if this thing fucks up, we've got a documentary out of it. And uh, 
and um, yeah, he he uh, he's filming everyone, and at the end, he's doing the interviews with people, and like this, the British guy comes back, the effeminate guy comes back, and he's like, he's like, by the way, I kept doing those tests for everyone, but I didn't know where to send any of the tests, so I didn't actually, and I've just got them. Does anyone know what I'm meant to do with them? And it's like. The testing scene is quite funny because, like, at one point they're all wigging out because they haven't seen anyone for two weeks. And he sticks the thing into uh, one of the guy's beards. And he's just like... And the guy's like, is this actually part of the test? Oh, no, sorry. Nodded off for a second there. And it's like, oh. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah. It was, uh, yeah, it's not great. I made me laugh a couple of times. But it's, like, dead on middle of the line shit. So I'm going to give it a... Uh, I'm going to give it Matthew Modine. New and your mediocre movies. Oh, ah, right. It's going to be one of those weeks. Yeah. Yeah. To the fart. At least it didn't have any predatory paedophiles who run cults in it. Anymore. David Duchovny's on the up and up, right? No, he's fine. He's fine. Yeah. He's just kind of boring, dull person, Duchovny. Doesn't do much. There's one funny scene, actually. Seen him. Kate McKinnon plays like the, the direct, not the director, but the producer from the studio. Like Peter Serafinowitz's boss. And there's a scene where basically um, Peter Serafinowitz has to tell her they're not going to make the film because they've reached their budget and their time and they can't go any further. And so she goes, look, make it fucking happen. And it cuts to her telling John Lithgow, who is the studio head above her, and we haven't seen him at this point. She goes, John, we're not going to be able to do it. We can't do it. We're going over budget. He goes, just fucking do it. And then it cuts to John Lithgow and he's talking to like a Chinese investment firm. Mm. <laughs> and he's like, we can't do it. Going under, we're going over budget. We can't do it. And then the Chinese investment firm goes, "No, you can do this. I know you can." Wait a second, you in Fiji? And then John Lithgow goes, "I am in Fiji. I haven't seen anyone in thirty days." Because do you want to play tennis? Yeah, I'm off the beach. Let's play yeah. tennis. <laughs> it was quite funny. And then uh, and then Beck sings "Ladies' Night." Hey. They're like they're like Kate Beck. McKinnon's like yeah Kate McKinnon's like we know you've been shooting this film for six months and they've all got like these little tables outside and like they're in this big country manor and they're like further and further apart. And they're like, they're like, we know it's trying and it's hard. So we've hired Beck to play you your own concert. And they were just like, oh, great. And they're like, Beck, take it away. And he goes, I'm going to sing. I'm going to sing a classic, classic disco hit. So everybody get out of your seats. And he starts singing Ladies Night. A really good cover of Ladies Night, oddly enough. And uh, everybody's just sort of dancing by themselves. And it just becomes like this violent thrashing. <laughs> they're in little areas. And they're just like these horrible movements of just aggressive, like, we hate this. Get us out of here. Because it does like... It was a part that they, they're using that as an excuse to film everyone separately and then comp them in together. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I felt like it was... It's a Netflix trip. You get like a ton of actors in the film, so you only have to film any one of the actors for like a weekend and then comp it all together, stitch it all together, and you got your movie. That's the trick, man. I'm definitely going to have diarrhea. Yeah, well, that's your fault. And stop me eating these. Yeah, well, you're the only one eating them. They're going down, though. Someone else must be eating them. No, it's only you. Why am I doing this? Oh, because you're stupid. Like, actually dumb. Like, really, like, we might have to do tests. What sort of tests? You know, brain tests. <laughs> you are you coming up with a test, Sad? Because I feel like my chances are quite high. <laughs> I'm going to do the one with the cards. <laughs> just getting electrocuted. Yeah. I might not even bother with the cards, to be honest. I might well, just, it, just it was, electrocute you. It was in your favourite film, Ghostbusters Afterlife, that you said was yeah. two films way, way up. Yeah. That was a quote from your favourite actor, James Woods. Yeah. Two films. Well, James Woods. 
Yeah, in uh, in Hercules, where oh. um, Hercules is fighting. Well, Hercules is fighting something. And James would go, I'm giving it two thumbs way, way up. And then they catch fire. Oh. Yeah. Oh. And he gives up smoking and his wife gets electrocuted. That's good. I hope his wife gets electrocuted more often. All right, Ant, you fucking sexist pig. It's James Wood's wife. She can't be that good. She's probably a bad person. Hey, does anyone know what actually happened to Graham Linehan's wife? Did he kill her? Who? What? Graham Linehan's wife. She divorced him. Yeah, I know she did. That's what happened. Yeah. She divorced him because he's a turf. <laughs> she, she divorced him and then he went, Damn you, trans activist! She went, You're a turf. I can't bother with this. And she divorced him. And obviously that's the trans people's fault. Yeah. Yeah. They did it. Oh, now turfs are trying to say that autistic people are all trans or trans people are autistic. That's don't... Don't... Just turfs are fucking idiots. Don't. In general, don't. Oh, now they're denying the Holocaust. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, that's what they do. Your review, Ant. Is it? My review. So you're done with the bubble. <laughs> oh, yes, it's ladies' night. Oh, what a night. That's uh, the wedding singer, John, John Lovitz. He's losing my, his mind, and I'm reaping all the benefits. Steve Buscemi has a very good line, and then he goes, uh, he goes, ooh. I like her when he's talking about Patricia Arquette's sister, trans sister. Hmm. Can't remember the name of her. Do you remember Patricia Arquette's transis? Tra- trans sister? Trans sister? No. Oh. Yeah, he's like, ooh, I like her. Oh, good for him. She sings, uh, Do You Really Want to Hurt Me? Oh. Called George in the program, in the film. I cannot remember her name. I don't know. There's Patricia Arquette. There's David Arquette. What's the other There's one? a lot of Arquettes. It's Courtney Cox Arquette. Not anymore, there is. You're just leaving loads of dead air, though. Why are you and going you're on meant about... to be reviewing something. Yeah, but you just started going on about Stop wedding singing for some reason. You said you were going to review Malignant. No, I don't review Malignant ages ago. <laughs> you don't Malignant. Malignant. I'm sorry. I'm fucking sorry. I'm going to pour some more beans. You're going to pour some more beans, are you? Pour some more beans. Pour some more beans. Yeah, you're going, you're going to have your beans. You've got all the green ones. No, there's still some. Oh, there you they're go. They're the best tasting ones. Yeah, they're the jalapeno ones. Yeah. They're the only good tasting ones. Yeah. There you go, have a green one. Because they're kind of sweet, yourself, aren't they? Treat yourself. Treat yourself to a green one. There you go. There you go. Do some salivating over it. The the fl- what flavour is it? Is it regret? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. What's our review? I don't know. What you watched? Uh, I watched The Boys. Series Wait, one and two. Really? Yeah. You got through two seasons of a thing. It's only eight episodes in each series. I know, but you always say to me, "How do you get through five seasons of the Good Doctor?" And I say to you, "Yeah, just... but you go through five seasons of Good Doctor in a week. Don't sleep." Like I get through two seasons of The Boys in two weeks. It's like one a day, practically. All right, just you know. Anyway, uh, it's one of those shows that's about our superheroes. Bad, actually, it's quite decent. It's pretty good. It's, yeah. it's good. It's good. I, I like it because um, cause people get exploded and I like it when the bad man does the bad things. But anyway, so the show's about a guy called Huey. His girlfriend gets killed by a speedster very quickly. And he's on his way somewhere. Where's he off to? That's a mystery. What was he doing running so fast? Um, and then Huey gets recruited by a guy called Billy Butcher to um, kill some superpower people. It's in a world full of superpowered people. There is a lot of superpowered people, and I think it gets to a saturation point where there's maybe too many superpowered people. 
because um, they're supposed to be so special. And what makes them special if they're all powered up? You know. Well, are they? But really that is special? a threat that's coming up. I mean, they're kind of all bad. Yeah, like wait, you got to ask yourself the question. There's that one guy in the hospital who's quite in the prison. who's quite special. The one with fire. No, the one with a really big dick. Oh yeah, the one who's got it wrapped around that guy's neck. Yeah, yeah, that's fun. That's in the comics. Um, I like how there's you get Huey and you get you get Billy Butcher played by Carl Urban mm. and Huey from Hunger Games. He yeah. was in that briefly. Dennis Quaid's son. I don't know. He gets. Um, he's Dennis Quaid's son. Is he? Yeah, he's also the main character in uh, Star Trek Lower Decks. Yeah, Jack I know. Quaid. Bo- yeah, Boimler. Yeah. yeah. He's um, also the, and there's the Frenchie and M- Milk. Milk, what his name is? Mother's M-M- Milk. M- 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 Marshall Milk. No, Mother's Milk. Your Mother's Milk. No, his name's Mother's Milk. But then a few episodes in, they're like, hey, this is Katana. Her sword will trap your soul if she cuts you with it and you don't want to get on the bad side. Are you talking about the uh, immigrant people they're bringing in to experiment Compound V on? Well, Kimiko, same actor. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she played, yeah, she played Katana. Oh, I didn't realise. <laughs> fucking realise that. I did not realise. She just turns up part way through the show. It's because she doesn't have a sword. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, this is Katana. Just, just in case you need to know, we do have more Suicide Squad members. This is Katana. She doesn't have an intro. She kills people with a sword. Here's Slipknot. <laughs> yeah. Here's Slipknot. He can tie knots and he hits women in the face. Yeah. Um, And he thinks people equal shit. Anyway, so the boy, that's a good fun time. I like this. The storytelling is nicely well done. There's lots of really like nice threads that it actually pays off on properly. Mm. Like the first two series feel like a complete, like sort of one chapter, as it were. Like there's like the series could have ended at the end of that one, at the end of series two. Like the whole thing could have ended. And even though like you know Homeland has not been defeated or anything, he's having a shitty time of it. Yeah. <laughs> and you'd be satisfied that you know everyone's got one over on him. Um, and things are sort of there's like a little bow on the end of the second series it's not necessarily there at the end of the first series um, but yeah it's kind of fun I like to see Hallie Joe Osment for a bit I did notice they keep they use the same house the house that Hallie Joe Osment lives in um, it's used for three other characters over the course of the film <laughs> yeah, slightly redressing um, very much it's one of those house as well isn't it what uh, it's Butcher's wife's house as well isn't it I think it's, no I think it's my wife plan that it's the old lady's house they go and visit, not, oh, yeah, not, yeah, not, yeah. not the one who got attacked by Liberty, the one in the previous episode. Yeah, um, and it's yeah, this this couple of times, but you know you've only got so many houses to shoot in. I guess it's an Amazon original series. You know this ain't HBO. This is you know I didn't expect Amazon Prime. I didn't expect there to be because you know like they try and make Speed Train seem like a sympathetic A Train. A Train, sorry, they try and make him seem like a sympathetic character. I had no sympathy for him whatsoever, but I had a lot of sympathy for the Deep. Yeah, but he's a pervert sex pervert. He's a sex pervert, yeah. I like, did like it when A-Train was just like, he gets put back in seven, and he's yeah. like, right, peace out, later. <laughs> just yeah. ditches everyone. I got back, guys. So, yeah. uh, um, I, uh, I really like how evil the Homelander can mm. be, but he's like manipulated, easily manipulated evil. Yeah, well, everyone's got a messed up past. It's all nature versus nurture. That's the thing that's going on yeah. for the whole series. Because like his whole thing is like every now and again he'll tell the truth about something. Because there's a running thing where he's like describing things from his past, and it's for the for the press or something. Yeah. Like the time when he goes to the house and he's talking about his father and his mother and all this sort of stuff, and it's all lies because he never had any of that. Um, and he gets freaked out by the blanket that was on the thing. Because um, it was a blanket he had. He had a similar blanket when he was in his cell, yeah. which is how he actually did grow up. Was in a little lab cell, 
But um, every now and again, he'll tell the truth about something. And you realise that, like, you know, if he had just been raised by a normal person, like his... Spoilers, he's got a son. What he... <sighs> he's done naughty... He may or may not have assaulted someone. He, did, he fucking did. Yeah. And but, that, um, that but no, but it's the whole thing that he's... In essence, like, she wants to raise him as a regular Yeah, a regular kid. kid. Instill good morals on him, but Homelander had none of that. And Homelander's really trying to rush to get to show him his powers. Yeah. So he can have a little mini him. How played good, by Vern Troyer. How good is uh what's what's the name of the Black Noir? Black Noir. Is that is that the dude with, that's just silent all the time, just does yeah. incredibly creepy but also also is like a genius on so many levels. Like there's a bit where they're having the dinner in the first season mm. and everybody's just like dressed up in tuxes and stuff. And Black Noir goes and sits next to the piano guy. And the piano guy sits like he moves along a little bit and then he moves along a little bit more. And it completely leaves. And Black Noir just starts tinkling the ivories like a yeah, he's talented. He knows how to play piano. Also, when he goes to the foreign country and takes out the terrorists, and he's he's going through that kid's bedroom, and like you can imagine, Homelander would just like kill the kid, just be like, and now they're out of there. And then instead, Black Noir picks up a little bunny and nods its head, and then puts it down on the bed and walks out with all his body burnt and scarred up. I was like, yeah. that poor child. Oh, it's it's a really solid series. I yeah. did. I thought that I was wondering for a little bit they were gonna drop the whole plane thing from the first series oh, like yeah. they dealt with it for a couple of episodes and then it got mentioned a couple of times but then it actually becomes the major thing that ends the conflict in the second part yeah. um, I did like when the when um, Starlight and uh, Maeve and uh, Kimiko are all fighting Stormfront and the guys are just sort of standing back because they can't do anything no. the guns are worthless and they're just like guess girls really do get it done and I was just like <laughs> But because um, that was an old catchphrase they had when they were promoting girls get it done at the start of the second series. Yeah, um, I remember seeing people online complaining about Stormfront and saying, "Oh, I can't believe they made her a, 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 like they were taking the mick out of right wingers and stuff." Like she's called Stormfront for fuck's sake. She's not yeah. like right from the start. Since she went on, she went Stormfront Nazi, like definite Nazi. <laughs> I also like the fact that she may not be dead. <clears throat> nah, she's not. She ain't dead. She's a dude in the comic, isn't she? Yeah, she is. Yeah, um, still a Nazi though, and so's Liberty. Liberty. Well, Liberty. Well, it's Liberty Stormfront, isn't it? But they didn't mix up the character. There isn't two separate characters. Is it the same character in the comic? I can't. Remember. Lady Liberty is. She is separate character. Not Liberty. Who is it? They changed. They changed someone else. Well, A Train's different. Yeah. Because Black Noir's probably not the same as he is in the comic. Potentially. I think, we well, don't know. Well, yet. He's black in this for a start. Yeah, but we still don't know if like he's going to be the same thing. Because mm. like the whole point is that he's a failsafe. Yeah. We don't know that he is. One of the other things as well is that in... Um, the Deep's got a different costume. The Deep has a different costume. And also the Deep... Like, just wears in, a diving suit in the yeah. in the costume. Co- um, and he dies pretty early on in the other one. Yeah. Apparently we're going to get Tech Knight, which is their version of Iron Man in this. Mm. Um, and he's pretty interesting. He's a pervert who like... Really? One of them's a pervert? Yeah. Wow. Uh, but he's not got any powers. Like, he's just a genius. He built a suit. Yeah. Um, but we're getting him. Well, the next series is going to adapt um, the holiday special, isn't Hero-gasm. it? Yeah, Herogasm. Yeah. It's got Jensen Ackles. Yeah, Jensen Ackles as Soldier Boy. Yeah. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how they do it all because, you know, like the comics are very, very dark. And also <laughs> it's different. Like the whole thing about the comics are that um, the Butcher especially is incredibly different because like in the comics he is just full on um, force of nature. He doesn't really have that warmth that he has in the series. Mm. Um, he also his wife is definitively dead in the comics like just done um, 
like uh, oh yeah she's I'm pretty sure she is completely utterly done like his yeah but it's comics and just, yeah. yeah but also he like um, he forces everyone to get injected with V mm. so in the comics all of the boys are like low level superpowers they're like um, in a world where everyone's like a superman or a flash they're Captain America's so that's like, harsh. Captain America's figure. Comic version of Captain America. Not the, not the, not the Disrespecting version. Captain America. But, um, Captain America fights Superman in that amalgam comic. Yeah, I think it loses. They it, fight, no, they fight to a uh, standstill. I thought that him and the Hulk fought to a standstill. I don't know. Whatever. We fucking get it. It's, not, it's all nonsense anyway. It is. Um, but yeah, like... Captain America it, had a white shield with kryptonite on it or yeah. some shit I don't fucking know, I don't know but. Um, but yeah I really enjoyed the boys mm. I liked it that second series especially like the first series I think one of the funniest things for me was just how good Carl Urban was as Butcher he really loves I thought he was Australian he, he's New Zealand no he's he's British in the show he's British in the show yeah I thought he's, he was doing Australian yeah accent. I thought so as well to begin with yeah and then but, his mum and dad turn up and they're like in some London, I don't know if he went to London or not. I couldn't tell. No, because it looked like to me it looked like London in the background. It looked like a London council flat. Yeah, but it could not have been. He couldn't have travelled there that quick. No. Um, one of my favorite <laughs> one of my favorite episodes is the, the <clears throat> season one ending, and then the following episode of season one, where they end up the getting... season one ending and the following episode of season one. No, no, no. The first episode of season one, the ending of that episode, and mm. then season one episode two uh. are fucking phenomenal. It's where they take out. That invisible guy. It's episode three. Is it episode three? Yeah. Sorry. They if, they capture him at the end of episode two, and they've got. Oh, there thing. you go. There it's you not go. until episode three that I think. But um, think. but that fight between him and Butcher, where mm. Butcher basically just takes a few slugs and then spits his blood in his face, mm. and then just beats the it's living. The Marshall Roshi technique. Yeah. yeah. Where um from Dragon Ball when Krillin's oh, fighting an invisible guy, oh. and in order to make him visible, they pull down Bulma's top, <laughs> so Master Roshi gets a nosebleed. Oh. That spurts all over the monster. Nice <laughs> in Dragon Ball, classic Dragon Ball. But, um, but then also they give him the man on fire treatment. They put some C four up his bum bum. Yeah, and then it's just it's just it's just funny. He's soft it's, on the inside. I also like the fact. The thing that is, I would argue if his skin's so di- di- diamond hard and everything, if you blew him up from the inside, it'd just be a skin like a skin suit. Yeah, like it just turns a liquid inside. Yeah. It'd yeah. probably fly his mouth and everything. Well, that would be where it escapes from. But it would be a fountain no, but, on both no, but, ends. No, but if there's... Like, the rule of pressure <clears throat> is if there's a point of exit, then it will we be found. His mouth, his because ears. Because of the pressure. It's yeah. cock. So that could have been where that blood came from. Just flying out all directions. Yeah. So that's... that's that whole, Intestines flying out his cock end. That whole episode then. made me laugh a lot. And also, I just fucking love the ending where Huey's just like, yeah, I can do this. Hmm. And also, following that, where he has to go to the... the Seven's headquarters and just be like hey everyone <laughs> shake A-Train's hand I like the season 2 when they had um, Sean what's his face as lamp lawyer and they have that whole bit when they go to the um, the Seven's headquarters to rescue Starlight yeah and it all goes wrong because Lamplighter's got it no intention <laughs> no intention of rescuing anyone he's just going to burn himself to death <laughs> and Huey has to cut off his hand so he's got that <laughs> It's like, is that a severed hand you got there? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is, yeah. I do like the fact that Huey never stops being Huey. Like, mm. in most shows, when you've got someone doing all this horrible stuff, like, you'd see them slowly degrade, and they'd, like, lose it more and more. In this, he's just, like, constantly still quite positive. <laughs> he's going to say, like, yeah, let's go. Um, 
They had Simon Pegg playing his dad. I can't accept that Simon Pegg's old enough to be a father of an adult, but Simon Pegg is 54, so... Yeah, and also, <laughs> like, that's just a nod to the comic, isn't it? Because he was originally the, the design for Huey was him. Is it? Yeah, it's yeah. designed after Simon Pegg. Like, in the comics... One of the other things that I, I don't know if I I've like is... Sean the Dead comic somewhere. In in the comics, there's, like, an interesting thing where Huey is, like, in a shithole apartment, and he, every day, like, he's, like, waking up and he's just, like oh, this is fucking disgusting. Like, someone's pissing in the alley and it's coming in through my door. And, like, he's talking about, like, there are people literally jizzing outside. There's, like, because it's Mark Miller. He's, like, jizzing through. It's Garth, Garth Ennis. Is it Garth Ennis? Yeah, it's not uh, Mark Miller. Just, yeah, sorry. It's yeah. Like Garth Ennis. And, Way uh, better and Mark Miller. He's talking about the fact that, like, there's, like, the, like occasionally there's, like, cum in a, on, near his front door. And he goes, I don't know if I've gotten used to New York or if it's just me constantly being a person who wants to look after other people. But I'm starting to get worried that I'm seeing blood in the spunk I'm finding out of. It's like, maybe I should try and talk to this guy. Um, yeah, look, here you go. Here's what. Oh, he's jizzing. That's what Huey looks like in the comics. He just looks like uh, a shaved head. Oh, it doesn't have a... oh. Yeah. That's what Huey looks like in the comics. Yeah. So he just looks literally like someone pig out spaced. And it was on purpose. Looks like a, skin, looks like a Nazi. Fucking kick his ass. All right. Whatever. That's what I'd do. Um, but yeah, and also in the comics, it's, it's more interesting. The A train and the drug stuff is new to the. TV show. They mm. do have some aspects of it in the comics, but it's not as prevalent. In the uh, in the comic, the reason that A-Train runs through his girlfriend is that he's fighting uh, like a Minotaur-based villain. And mm. it literally just, it gets out of hand and someone gets killed. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like interesting because they never really talk about the casualties in films or TV shows. Yeah, but they changed it in this. They made it because it's, it's more effective if he's an irresponsible hero than... Yeah. Than an accident, and also it does like set. And up plus, everything. there's no supervillains in the show no. until they make them. Yeah, like yeah, because in the comic, there is villains around. Isn't there? They made them. Yeah, yeah, they made the villains. Like, yeah, because they, you know, like they injected <coughs> all these kids with compound V. Some yeah. of them weren't happy, and some of them were like, yeah. Seems like this is dangerous. Probably just like um, not inject babies with compound V. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's all right though. It's a decent, decent show. Really, um, really good use of the budget, and they don't cut back on the gore, which I like. Yeah, they do really go for it with the gore. Yeah, those are heads exploding in the second series. Oh yeah, I like that. Yeah, Where, oh, Carmine just... Falcone, the blue Carmine Falcone's head up. John Turturro. No, John Turturro's not in it. Eric Roberts. No, guy who plays Carmine Falcone in Gotham. Oh yeah, I don't care about that shit. Why did the Joker tell Batman to go to Gotham? I don't know. Because they've got ham. <laughs> I'm going to retroactively review Gotham. <laughs> no, uh, but yeah, no, I like the boys as well. I'm glad yeah. you enjoyed it, bud. Yeah. It's season freeze in July or something, isn't it? Yeah, they, they're going to start showing it weekly again, aren't they? <clears throat> yeah. Which I've got no problem with. Yeah. Yeah, yeah boy! <clears throat> right, is it my review? One of the boys is a girl. Yeah, Kimiko. Is that girl a boy? I like French. He's quite sweet in it still. still nice Despite being French. Despite being French. Yeah. And also a sociopath. Yeah. French people, man. No, there's a reason we got out of the EU to distance ourselves from the French. We're going to move the UK over to America now. Let's not. Sh- shove it over. Let's not. Like, the more I hear about America, the worse it seems. <laughs> That we can't go back. I was I was watching a YouTube thing. There was like a there's no, no. there a dude doing like a medication thing, and like he was doing a comparison of how like medication is advertised in the US versus the UK. <laughs> and he's like, here's an advert from the US, and like it has all the symptoms you can get and all the side effects and all that shit. 
and it's got an advert for a drug in the UK, it's like, they just fucking don't. <laughs> like, won't you advertise a life-saving medication? Yeah. It just gets prescribed when you need it. Um, but, like, all the American ads are like, ask we your have, doctor about Panacure. We have adverts for Sudafed. <laughs> yeah, there you go. When you've got a headache, don't take paracetamol. Take paracetamol and caffeine. Oh, I fucking love caffeine. So do I. So I had do five I. coffees yesterday. Woo! I'm back on it. All right, okay. So, uh, my next review is going to be a Switch game I've been playing. Oh! Oh, Switch! The Switch? Yeah. Um, uh. I've been playing Unmetal. No. It's like a comedy Metal Gear Solid style game. Never heard of it. More like the old Metal Gear and um, Game Boy Color Metal Gear Solid games with just, just some jokes in it, right? Sweet. Oh, those beans are doing a number on my bum. You're full of beans? I'm full of beans. Um, it's really good. It's really good. It's quite well made. There's not a lot of combat in it besides like it is very much stealth based. You don't really have those situations where you can take down like an army. You just like stuffing up. And if you fuck up, it just takes you back like a couple of screens, and you just you just try it again. And it is like a lot of like memorizing patterns and seeing how people people act and stuff. Um, but yeah, like it's it's you play uh, you play a, a spy called Jesse Fox who is kidnapped or not kidnapped but caught spying across the border of Russia or somewhere, um, and it's it's up to you to escape, and that's how the game starts. And you start learning it. You start learning about a nefarious plan that the enemy has and what they're up to next. And it's up to you to save the world. Yeah. Uh, one of the one of the fun things about it is that it's not just the top down parts um, that are reminiscent of um, of Metal Gear. You've also got like the communique where you have like your little chats with key characters in the game, but also because you're essentially playing through someone recounting the story. You have these moments where he like he's talking to someone and he says, oh, there were 10 people or there were two people. And you can like pick which one you want. So you can either like give them what's relatively close to the actual number or you can exaggerate to make yourself sound tough. And there's like a particular moment against the first boss that you fight called Grenade Guy, who's just a guy who has grenades. Oh, and I he was going to ask, what, was, what does he have? Yeah. <laughs> and he has a ditch in front of him that you can't pass. And as he's describing the ditch, it starts out as just a ditch. And he goes, and then there's these tendrils coming up like some sort of dark, horrible monster. And then there's these spikes, these bloody spikes coming up and down. And then these skeleton hands trying to grab you and all this other stuff. And they're like, yeah, look, we're redacting all that information. He goes, it's just a ditch, isn't it? He goes, it was a ditch with spikes. And they're like, there weren't spikes. And he's like, okay, it was a ditch. And then you go on to fight the grenade guy. And it's just a guy lobbing grenades. Oh. But it comes up with like a little like one-on-one fighter style menu. Where it's like, Jesse Fox versus grenade guy. And then that's the boss. That's um, what Metal Gear Solid needed. Yeah, just a little bit more. Solid Snake like, versus the end. Um, but yeah, it's it's really fun. Like it's, um, I got it when it was on offer because it's usually about twenty quid a thing, and I got it for about. God, you ordered these yeah, fucking really beans. It's not the beans. Bro. It is the beans. I can't be tired. You can be. I don't get tired. I'm not human. Mm. Um, but it's a really fun game. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, one of the one of the side effects I wasn't expecting was it did make me really want to just go back and play Metal Gear. And obviously, that's not an easy way to do that anymore because Konami don't really. Well, Metal license. Gear Solid Collections backwards compatible on on the on Xbox. Xbox One. Oh, I yeah. might give that a go then. I've got that. Yeah, um, I think I own that. Mm. That and the Silent Hill one I bought, but the Silent Hill one's jank. Yeah, yeah. But it's the only way to play Silent Hill Two in HD now, isn't it? There's a fan version of oh, it. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's really good. Also, I might give that a go. Online. Uh, 
but yeah, like uh, it's really fun, and it is it captures the captures the spirit of those games really well, and it's just it's a nice little time. There's some funny bits of dialogue, like there's a moment where uh, someone's at the cell window as you're escaping, and they go, "Hey, give me a cigarette." So you give them a cigarette. They go, "Hey, have you got a light?" And then you equip your lighter and you give them the lighter, and then they throw the cigarette by out back out towards you, and you pick it up, and, they, and you're like, "Hey, where's my lighter?" And they're like, "What lighter?" And you're like, "Oh fuck, I just lost my lighter." No. Um, I think they're going to set fire to stuff. Yeah, you get a flamethrower. Oh, that's okay. I yeah. could use that. You can't use that to light a cigarette, yeah. though. It'd be dangerous. <laughs> um, but yeah, really enjoying it. Really enjoying it. It's I've not completed it yet, but I'm going to keep going with it. Um, I've got. There's been some silly sales over the last week, so I I did buy a couple of bits. I got Kirby for thirty quid from Curry's. Used a code. Um, so I'm going to play that next. Um, but I've also got Children of Mortar. I got. Virtual Racing on the Mega Drive. Game over, yeah! No, that's Daytona. Oh. Yeah. Game over, yeah! What was what was the Sega Rally one? Game over! I just like, said game over. No. Anyway, yeah, on Metal. Um, I'm really enjoying it. I'm going to give it a... Uh, I'm going to give it a... I'm going to give it a Cape Blanchette. Really good. Go on, say your thing about how you want Kate Blanchard to come on the podcast or whatever the fuck he is, you say. You, you were saying the other day you wanted Kate Blanchard to come around and piss on your face. And, as much as that sounds like something I'd say, I'm 100% sure that's what you said. Oh, I, I, I certainly heard it coming from you. Oh, God, that was foul. Did you eat another bean? Yeah, that one really tasted gross. Oh. And your review. Oh, my review, is it? Yeah, I get to review something. <coughs> I get to review something. Sadly. I'm trying to remember what all the things were. You told me the gonna... other day that you watched Batman vs Superman for the fiftieth time. No, I didn't. I watched Spider Man Two for the fiftieth time. Watched it last night. Oh, Spider Man No Way Home. No, or Far From Home. No. Oh, no, good Spider Man Two. Oh, the Amazing Spider Man Two. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, definitely that one. The that one, one with the the one with the with the basement oh, of MacGuffins. God. Oh my god. Oh Game over. <laughs> No, I didn't get through hardly anything this week. I just ain't got stuff. It's too much stuff to do, you know, and I need to sleep a lot more. That's what happens when you get old. Fuck off. Really old. Really old. Should I talk about Transformer? Just review what you were going to review. I don't know what I was going to review. Well, you were going to review something. You were talking, and you don't just talk without having something to say. (laughs) Do I? (laughs) Really? Anyway, so uh, Transformers Legacy. Yeah, New toy line. Yeah. Yeah. I have... How many? One, two, three... Four, five... Once I caught a fish alive... Six, seven, eight, nine, ten... I have... Four figures? Yeah. From the Lou toy line? I feel like I have a fifth. Oh, really? I feel like I have... So so far, I've got got core class for Hot Rod. Yeah. And I've got... I'm looking over there to see which ones I've got. I've got core class iguanas. He's quite fun. He's a nice lad. Nice little lad. He's good. He's good. He's a good lad. He's a good lad. Good lad is iguanas. Mm. Um, and I got blaster. Got Voyager sized blaster. But did you get master? No, blaster. Blaster's good. He turns into a cassette player. But what matters is, I got bulkhead. This one here. This is the new one. Everyone's talking about bulkhead. Yeah. So bulkhead. Did you watch Transformers Prime? Yeah. 
Your Transformers animated? Yeah. No, you didn't. You didn't watch either of those. You're a liar. Bulkhead was a new character made up for them. He's a big round guy, chubby guy, does a lot of punching things. You know, giant, big powerful giant with a heart of gold. He's a nice lad. He'll just smash stuff. But they did a new figure and all the fanboys were like, oh no, he's not round enough. He's all square and stuff. Because they're doing the whole thing with Legacy is they're supposed to be figures from different eras of Transformers. But through the lens of the Generations look, which is G1, effectively. Yeah. And Bulkhead's really friggin' good. I really like him. He turns into a big old... You know those Russian cap, um, Russian trucks? One of those Bulkheads? Yeah. You know the Russian trucks that are really big and square? You can see... I mean, his whole body is just the truck. It's not really... You don't change anything. It's just a big square that his legs and arms come out of. But they've done that. And it's really nice. And I reckon they could retool this into a Turtles party wagon. I think that would be pretty good. Wait, let me look. That's a party wagon. Fuck off. Where are the tails going to go? In the seats. They sit inside. But they're like a mighty max. Yeah. Like tiny tails. I'm in. I mean, the tra- they would be tiny. Make it happen. But um, no, a really nice figure. He's big and bulky. He's got, you know, people said, oh, his leg's too long. Like, he's he's big and fat. Your so legs are too yeah. fucking long, you can't. Exactly. Sorry, I'm getting, um, I'm getting upset now because they're being judgmental about this. Dreadful. He's got a little little mace thing you can attach to his hand. Is this the left or right hand? You can put it on either hand. Yeah, you can change the hand that it is. This little mace thing that you oh. can put you sort of put over is his Is that hand. the one that John Goodman played? No, John Goodman was Hound. Oh, okay. Um, I don't have a movie Hound figure. No. Um, I don't really want one. No, because he looks shit. No, uh, just a big old mess. Yeah. Um, but Bulkhead, Bulkhead, I mean, Hound in the movies was a bit based on Bulkhead. They just basically did the big rotund guy. Oh, okay. Wasn't it? But, um, Who was the racist one? Well, one of the racists. Skids and Mudflap. What about the samurai they races? They Mudflap. Oh, that's Drift. Okay. None of them are like the characters from the comics. No. In the comics, Drift is like a friggin' former Decepticon who joined the Autobots. Well, comics are usually, they have writers. And yeah. writers don't want to put W instead of R like they do on the script to Transformers. But, um, no, I like this bulkhead figure. It's nice. Really solid figure. It's very cool. Turns into a big old truck. Instructions kind of seem to miss a step. There's a little black bit in the middle that it doesn't. It tells you to fold out to one point, but doesn't tell you where you fold it to after that. And it took me ages to figure out where it's supposed to go because I'm not very bright. I can't think. The gimmick for Legacy, because there is going to be a gimmick other than they are, you know, characters being mixed together from different franchises, different series. The new gimmick is they have these little transparent weapons. All right, cool. Blaster's cassette tape buddy is a transparent in that. Yeah. And, like, Iguanas has a gun thing. And all the guns combine together, so you can make combining guns, which I'm pretty sure they did a couple of years ago. Because I've got a couple of figures from a few years ago that all have these same peg ports on them. What guns do you make with your combining guns? I don't know. I didn't really do any of it. I just stuck it on his shoulder and went, that'll do. Because I am i don't want to combine the guns. It's and not my a thing. a magical place where all are there. Toys for a million, all under one roof. Combine those fucking guns. I don't want to. One of them's a sword. One of them is just like... It looks like a magnet. Didn't in Power Rangers they have a sword that became a gun? No, they put all their weapons together and made a big cannon. Yeah. Although the, the axe is a oh, gun. Oh, yeah, because the axe was, a, the, axe was uh, the trigger. The axe you could turn around and use it as a shotgun. Oh. Yeah. Because the guy was black. Yeah. Black people have guns. He's not black in the Japanese show. No. No. And he didn't have a gun in the Japanese show. Yeah, he did. Same weapon. Did they play as much hip-hop when he came on screen? No. Let me see. Did they have the theme song for him when he came out? Dun, 
That's Skull. It's different characters entirely. Oh, is it? Bulkhead. Good. Get yourself a bulkhead. You showed me recently that they are making Transformers that become Power Ranger things, didn't you? No. Oh, okay. No. Oh, what was it? It was just like a really photorealistic Power Rangers, like Megazord, wasn't it? A few toys are doing a model kit. Oh, right. And they do Transformers model kits. Yeah, they're doing a model kit of the... What's your next Transformer? Because I feel like every other day I have to accept a Transformer well, post. If if Forbidden Planet ever send me um, Blur, I'll have that, and I'll have the complete Autobot lineup for the 1986 animated yeah, movie. Yeah, if they don't. Yeah, if they don't, I'm going to be annoyed, because I've spent two months trying to get Zavi to send me one, and they didn't. Um, but after that, I want to get Dragstrip. Dragstrip's a yellow Formula 1 car. Oh, right, cool. And it's going to be the first part of a combiner. Oh, right. A unique combiner, because they're not going to... Because no one else has it. It's not going to be like this guy who turns into an arm and a foot that I've got here. He's going to be like the car just goes on the arm of a central piece and it splits in half to become the upper and lower arm, it looks like. But um, I've I've always wanted a Menasaur, so, you know. And this will probably be cheaper than buying a G1 Menasaur. Especially a Generation 2 version of Menasaur, which can go up to, like, thousands of pounds. If you've got thousands of pounds, I could buy a G2 Menasaur. You want me to give you some of my savings? Thousands of pounds to buy an eight-inch tall, like plastic toy that you I could get in other colours. Some of my savings to mm. buy thousands of pounds worth of transformers. Yeah, five transformers. I mean, I could, I could put aside my dreams of owning a property near the beach, and instead give you money. Hey, to look, buy give it a few years, and all properties will be near the beach. Okay. Yeah, you're right, you're yeah. right. Fuck it, let's get this you Transformer. And let's get this Transformer. We're on the second floor. People oh, that's downstairs. right. We're in a flat place, but we're on the second floor. Yeah. People downstairs. Good for us, because we're Aquaman. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Ben Shapiro, you know what he said? Move. Just yeah, move. If your pocket is on the floor, underwater, just move. Yeah. Where? Yeah. <laughs> he can't move, he's in a basement. That's true. He'll be drowned. He'll be the first to go. Just oh. think, when the world floods, the right half the right wing, you know, influencers will be, will drown. Go yeah. they'll be drowned. They'll be dead. They're all gone. Man, and I'm not making a threat. I'm just saying they live in the basements, and they are really against global warming. And basements action. are going to fill first. Yeah, they are against global warming action because they don't believe it's real, and they want to. Quicken. And they value property rights, so they're not going to leave the property. That's true. That's yeah. true. We should help them not leave the property by locking them in the properties. Yeah, we're doing them a favour. Like really. the video dead. Doing a favour. But anyway, um, that was Bulkhead. Okay. Iguanas is good as well. I just want to say Iguanas is good. Cool. Because Iguanas in the original toys was a pretender, <sighs> which was a shell, and he had a little robot in it, and a little robot turned into a motorbike. But what they've done with Iguanas is they've made a robot that looks like the pretender shell, but he turns into a motorbike like his little inner robot did. Um, but he's tiny Pretender. and I like him I swear I got another one from Legacy I guess I didn't I guess I didn't I think maybe I'm confusing one of the other many figures I got this last month such as my limited edition you bought so many platinum so, edition so this is this is what made me laugh the other day I was on a call for work hmm. and I, I had to mute the call because I was going through like, they have this automated conversation generator thing so you have to go through it when you're talking to someone or you lose points basically on your scoring oh. and uh, and the door went so I put the call on mute and quickly got up and went to the door and uh, I was wearing what I'm wearing now sweatpants and a comfortable jumper because but you were sporting an erection sporting a massive lob on and the guy handed massive. me a uh, yeah 
It was a massive chode. Because um, I was eating spicy salami. Um, and the guy handed me a box with your name on it. Yeah. Clearly just a Transformer box. That was from Few Adams. Oh, right. From YouTube's YouTube channel, Few's Awesome Transformer Reviews. Um, <laughs> I, I said- want to point out, I ordered that that blur figure from Forbidden oh, Planet last God. Monday, right? Yeah. Yeah, and it still hasn't been dispatched. Yeah. You know that you know that figure from Few? Yeah. Do you know when I paid for that? When? Friday the afternoon, the day before. Three o'clock in the afternoon, the day before. And he got it to me the next day. He didn't get it to you on Saturday, though. Friday. When? It was Friday when you were working. Oh, I, ordered... right. I thought you meant that you paid for it Friday night and it came Saturday No, I paid night. for it Thursday. Thursday night and it came Friday I yeah. paid for it Thursday afternoon and he got it to me the next day. But anyway, morning. so I said, to the, I said to the postman, because he had been knocking for a second, I said, sorry, I'm working. And he looked me up and down and handed me a Transformer box and said, sure. And I was like, you fucking judgmental prick. <laughs> <laughs> immediately put it down and went back to the call. So if you don't, he recycles his boxes. It makes me it's laugh. Just, it just made me laugh a lot. I just the found... other legacy figure I got was Lift Ticket. Great. Generation Selects Lift Ticket. Great. Yeah, anyway. So my next review is going to be... Oh, um, yeah. So so we had some tragic news in the last few weeks and Taylor Hawkins passed away at the age of 50 um, like immediately after the release of Studio 666 which I reviewed a few weeks ago. Um, and... We had like a really eye-opening conversation about what the Foo Fighters had been to us, and like we had a fairly late, like much of my review for Studio Six 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 was us talking about the Foo Fighters and their influence and like the music we enjoyed by them. Yeah, and it was just it was incredibly tragic to see that he had died at such a young age. I mean, fifty is no age at all to go. You're not saying it's our fault, are you? Maybe um, he had heard all of you. <laughs> no, no, but I um, but there was something. They laughed, and my head got cut off with a symbol. <laughs> There was there was something that um, I read that was really nice, and I recorded just in case I wanted to read it. I've lost my notes. You recorded something to phone. read. Keep notes. Where is no? That's not enough. Fuck it. Uh, there was just a really nice quote from Dave Grohl that was talking about how um, he Taylor Hawkins was his best friend. Essentially, mm. um, he was someone that when they joined the band, they were in a, a time when it was sort of they were scrappy and they were like just coming out of grunge and they were doing something that was different from grunge and the way that everything was going they needed someone that was just as scrappy just as willing to fight as Dave Grohl and the rest of the band were and that was Taylor Hawkins um, but it was it was funny was the way the third that, drummer in the band yeah yeah he was um, he was originally a drummer for Alanis Morissette yeah on Jagged Little Pill and was on the tour and uh, they've even got a quote from Alanis Morissette in this in this um, Rolling Stones article that I read that said that she kept making jokes whilst they were touring together like when are you going to leave me for Dave and he goes like oh I'd never do that to you and then, then <laughs> he didn't come back for the next album <laughs> he was with the Foo Fighters but yeah no it's just really fucking tragic because he was always such a nice and happy guy and like you never he was much the same as Dave Grohl nobody had a bad word really to say about him um, so it's just a bit of a shame that he's gone so just wanted to chat about that before I started talking about uh, the queer pirate drama, what well, pirate comedy that I watched called um, Our Flag Means Death. Oh, so that wasn't leading to any. That was because he died. That's so Our connection. Flag Means Death. Yeah, that's the yeah, connection. That's, that's the connection, yeah. Talking about death. Okay. How do you feel about that? That's, uh, I think you're stretching it a bit. But <laughs> I, did, I did genuinely want to put, talk about Taylor Hawkins, and I couldn't think of a way of doing it. And oh, I it's natural. It. It's, it's, oh, it's smooth it's, as silk. Yeah. Smooth as silk. I wanted to talk about it before I spoke about Morbius, and I didn't want to, so I'm going to talk about Morbius later. 
I could have could have made the connection they were both in bands it was Jared Leto but I don't ever want to say Taylor Hawkins name in the same sentence as fucking that pedophile cult leader so instead I'm keeping it to this section and I'm going to talk about pirate queer romance yeah fun alright so I watched all of uh, Our Flag Means Death it's just finished on HBO Max so I decided to catch up on the whole thing and I fucking loved it it is the story of a um, a well to do uh, man who decides that he's going to be a pirate. He leaves his entire family, just upends his to- just his like, whole life. Um, Will, what's his face? Smith. No, from parts of the Caribbean. Will. Will. Well, he's not Turner, really well to do, is he? Bootstrap Bill's son. Yeah. You talking about Bootstrap Bill's son? Will Turner. Yeah. Who's in love with Elizabeth? Yeah. We're not going to talk about Pirates of the Caribbean. That ship has sailed. Now, <laughs> yeah, you're being really clever. Got to you? tell a joke about pirates. Anyway, we're going to talk about what, what our flag means, Steph. So it's the story of Ray, uh, Ray, uh, Rice Darby's pirate um, uh, Reese Darby, isn't it? Reese Darby's pirate pirate um, stayed uh, stayed. I can't remember his last name. Whatever he is, he's a well-to-do uh, type who decides he's going to be a pirate. He makes this incredible ship. Uh, using his family's wealth because he he does come from a very wealthy family, um, and uh, and just fucks off, goes and goes and becomes a pirate. Um, along the way, he discovers a lot of things about himself. He learns how to actually be quite a good pirate, even if he does get it wrong a lot of the time. Well, he's rich, so he knows about stealing oh, yeah, from the poor. That's, that's true. Um, yeah. But he does he does become quite a good pirate um, in the process. Not not without the help of Blackbeard, played by Taika Waititi, who uh, who is playing Blackbeard as a guy who's just really fucking bored, but is a great pirate. Um, and his whole life, he's sort of like, you see the backstory for both. You've got um, Stade, his, his, his fa- or Steed, sorry, his name is Steed. I'm saying Stade for some reason. But Steed's family Stained. are constantly telling him that he is never going to need to work a day in his life. He's this namby-pamby, like, posh twat who is never going to do anything and he's, like, not worth anything, but he's rich, so he's always going to be protected. And then you, on the flip side, you've got uh, Taika Waititi. And when you see the flashbacks for Blackbeard's life, his abusive father is constantly telling him, like, you don't deserve this. You can't have this. His mum going, like, you can only ever see this. You can't ever touch it. And, like, it, both of their drives are very clearly mapped out and you find a lot of it. But also, just the friendship between them is great. They're, like, a genuine, earnest friendship. And, like, both sides have different factors that are, like, contributing to dissent within their own groups and also... The idea that there are two captains aboard a ship, two people running the ship doesn't really work, and that like causes some divide. But all in all, it is just it is just those two men being in love, and you want nothing more the whole series than them to just proclaim their love for each other. And like towards the end, you think that that's what's happening, but it doesn't, and it and it's infuriating. But they are they must do a second season of this because it ends on a cliffhanger. So they can bomb each other, just so they can fucking anything. It is beautiful. It's really, it genuinely is a beautiful romance between the two. You want to see some cannons? Fire. I want to see some cannons fire. I want to see some docking. Yeah. I want to see some full-on man kissing. Yeah. No, it's it is really good. And like the 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 main the main story is basically um, Reese Darby. His his actions and his past catch up to him very early on. He accidentally kills an officer who has a twin brother who were both raised with him. That's handy for the casting agent. Yeah, there you go. Um, Who were both raised with him. They're both played by Rory Kinnear, who is fantastic. He played Frankenstein's monster in uh, in, um, uh, Penny Dreadful. 
But he's also done other stuff. He was like Roy a... Roy Kinnear's in loads of stuff. Roy Kinnear is in loads of stuff. Yeah. He was also the... He was a love... Well, obscure he, was, he was the obscure... I said obscure because you said obscure. He was the... Uh, he was he, in the game Obscure from PS2. <laughs> but no, like, he's he's really good as the officer. And, and basically, the he... Uh, Reese Darby accidentally kills his brother. He goes to knock him out, but his brother has drawn his sword. So when he knocks him out, he falls forward and stabs himself in the head with the sword. And then Reese Darby's like, oh no, oh, oh god. And then he's haunted by this person. Who's Roy Kinnear? He was in uh, James Bond as well. The one who died in 1988? No. What are you talking about? Roy Kinnear. No, Rory Kinnear. Rory? Yeah. Oh, you spelled his name wrong. Fuck off. You wouldn't catch me doing that. So, um, but yeah, it is It is all just, it is a romance. Like, there is... Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah there, you can know stuff. There's there are moments when you think that maybe it's not a romance and maybe it's maybe it's not a romance maybe it's a friendship but they very clearly have feelings for each other so much so they are both willing to give up everything to be with each other and they literally do that in the series towards the end the whole thing is that they both give up these massive parts of their identity and their lives to be together and they just miss it they just miss it so that's why there needs to be a season two oh. um, but yeah some great characters in this um, there's a person in Spanish you say I can't I can't quit you and all this no 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 like oh. it is they can quit each other they do quit each other at no, the end that's not the, how Brokeback Mountain the accidental is. separation is what causes them to quit each other oh. but it is all explainable and understandable is the problem like Reese Darby basically decides that maybe his presence is destructive. Maybe he is a destructive person just because he's just because he has the best intentions. Ooh, he built a pirate ship. That's pretty. He's got an awesome pirate that's ship. Pretty damaging. Actually, that's a massive part of this. Is that a lot of the episodes like so? Basically, the idea is that like they are pirates, but a lot of the times Reese Darby kind of gets it wrong, and like I should just call him Steed. Steed gets it wrong, and he sort of like instead of him going and, and jumping on other people's ships and pirating them and like doing the pirate thing, he sort of he accidentally invites people on. There's a specific episode where Blackbeard is like, I'm going to show you the pageantry and how we do this. And he's got like the smoke rolling in. And he's got these fireworks going off and he comes down on these ropes as his smoke comes over and he goes, your ship is mine. And like this whole like ghost, like this acting mm. thing that he does. And he goes, there you go, guys. That's how uh, you spook your, spook your, uh, your, the other ship and just jumping off and you take all their stuff. Yeah. Nail that impression of Taika with he's Sorry, is, didn't try. Didn't really try. No. But yeah, uh, but he... He basically does that and then Reese Darby takes that as he's got to like make his own ship into a haunted house and try and convince people to come on and and like it's just it's just so fucking stupid but like they get this whole like like Kraken set up and they've got these people slapping these mops on the window to look like tentacles and it's just it's so fucking funny but it's also a budget thing like it's clearly they've got this massive ship set let's use it as much as possible rather than like them go on other ships which they do occasionally rather than that though they you have don't have a ship set so you just rent one of those ones that's docked in a they, I think they've made this they must have because it's like a, it's basically like it's a it's completely imagined like there is no way that this could ever exist on a ship but he has a secret bookshelf uh, thing that he pulls down and then there is a second cupboard for more of his silks and stuff like that he has a full library on his boat a lot of rich people do actually have the whole secret oh yeah no I'm thing, sure they cause... do Jackie Chan's house is essentially just a spy house isn't it maybe um, but yeah like it's he a has a homophobia house one of the things that they keep mentioning is like you took a full library you realise the ship gets wet and he's like yeah but you know I needed my books 
And he's just got like, these hundreds of books. And like the first episode, the, his crew are already bored of him. They're already sick of him. They've only been pirating for like a few months, but they're sick of him. And uh, and they're talking about doing a mutiny. And uh, and the, the, one of the only arguments they have is, oh, but if we mutiny now, we're never going to find out what happens to that little wooden boy. That is he going to become a real boy? And they're like, well, we can get someone else to read the story to us, can't we? And they go, they go to this like this rich dickhead who's there to just chart the journey and like write the story. Mm. And they go, could you do it for us? And he goes, well, I, I guess I could read. It's like, do the do the wooden boy voice. And they're like, do the voice, do the voice. And he's like, he's like, oh, I'm just a wooden boy. He's like, oh, that's a bit shit. One. Yeah, it's, not <laughs> it's not as good. As, it's not as good as Captain does. <laughs> they're like, well, I guess we keep him on board then. But he has them sewing at one point and they're making flags. And everybody's like, everybody's like, oh, look, I made a skull eating another skull. It's like, are you saying they eat baby skulls? Or what, what are you saying? It's like, I oh, know, just scary, isn't it? <laughs> One person's just, just sewn a cat on a flag. <laughs> why, why, why is that scary? And he goes, I don't know, cats are witches. <laughs> it's just a yeah. normal black house cat, which actually becomes a massive plot point. It's really good. No, like, it is, it is genuinely really fun, really good. And I think that the fact that it's just, it is just a straight-up queer romance is really refreshing in this sort of thing. Because pirates, like, that's kind of the thing. Pirates had gay marriage. Like... It wasn't gay back then. It was just, um, you know... Marriage. Yeah. It was pirate marriage. Yeah. Like, it was literally like they had... They, they were open about all of that shit. Even religion, they were open about. They had people who had... They had the first version of health insurance. If you're on a mission and you lose a leg and you can no longer, like, perform your duties on the ship, they would take you to the nearest habitated island... And then they'd give you money, and you'd be like, "Right, here's your here's your money." And it used to be like millions in in like ill-gotten goods, yeah. But they used to give you like millions worth just to go and you live get your a life. Like if you lose a leg, no, no, no. Like if you properly fuck, if you yourself lose your tongue, to, you get a parrot. It, I don't know if that's true. Um, I've seen it, but yeah, it was. It, it's a really good series. It's really fun. I don't know when it's coming to the UK. I had to watch it on HBO Max, but hopefully it comes soon because it's uh, really good. It'll be on Disney Plus. Why didn't you make a joke about the fact I said hopefully it comes soon? Then why would I? I'm talking about queer romance in a comedy show, and you didn't take the chance to make a joke. Uh, queer people, gay folk, do more than just come. Not much more. There we go. They've got their fashions. Uh, but anyway, I'm going to give it to Tom Atkins. Like I, I really, really enjoyed this. Um, far more than than I think I expected. That's why I thought I wasn't watching it week to week because I wasn't totally sold on the idea of it. But then as soon as I found out the 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 romance is so forefront, it's really insane and it's very sweet in some parts. Like they are really sweet to each other and like even the grotesque things that like Taika Waititi is teaching um, Reese Darby. Like I I told you about the scene earlier. There's a moment where he's teaching him how to sword fight. He goes, I'll show you the ultimate move. And he shows him how to take a stabbing. And he goes, like, you've got to take it on the left side. Because science tells us that none of the important organs are on that side. And he goes, like, I, I don't think that's true. What about the liver? And he goes, nobody knows what the liver does. <laughs> like that. And I was just like, this is great. This is fucking great. And you, like, you see Taika Waititi's abdomen with this fucking horrible looking wound with sword through it and he's just like alright we've got to pull it out we've got to pull it out and as they do it they're grunting and huffing at each other and it cuts to Taika Waititi's second in command named Izzy who's kind of in love with Taika Waititi just crying as they're making these sex noises trying to pull a sword out of his gut it's fucking funny it's great anyway Ant your review I don't know what I'm going to review come on God's sake get on it I thought I had four or four things and I forgot them. What Power Rangers you watched? I haven't watched any. 
You're fucking lying to me. I see you watch Power Rangers. I've got Come Ride a Cougar next time. I've got three more episodes to go. Okay. So don't freaking... Don't... Don't harsh your buzz. Dark. I can't remember. I had a fourth thing. What was it? Is this my third review? Yeah. Oh, shit. What's been going on? What have I watched recently? I don't know. What have I been doing? I don't know. What was, what's been on? I don't have wrestling anymore because I haven't watched wrestling for freaking ages. I don't know what's going on with wrestling. I don't know. What do you want to watch? Did you do Turning Red? Yeah, you did that already. Oh, I like Turning Red. That was fun. God damn it. I don't know. I haven't been playing anything either. I've been playing nothing. No? No. I haven't even played Gran Turismo for like two weeks. Oh, no. Like, freaking, I played it for a couple of days and I haven't been able to go back to it. I played Animal Crossing. Yeah. That's all I've been playing. How's that going? It's the same as always. I still don't have something new to play. No, I don't know. You don't know? No. You don't know. I must have played something the last couple of weeks. Did I play nothing in the last two weeks? I don't know, Anne. Oh, my God. You keep... I don't know, bud. You keep... keep changing the rules, and then... Just as soon as I re- review Our Flag Means Death, it's trending. It's a bit of people want a second series or something. Yeah. Look, look. How could you not? How could you not want a second series of these two? They are so cute together. Where's his beard? He shaves it. Oh, but he shaves black... it for him. Black beard, though. He shaves it for him. Oh, it's like that old thing where it's like, I bought you a comb to comb your beautiful hair. Oh, I, I sold my hair to buy you another comb. <laughs> ah. That's nice of him. That's not what happens, but yeah, that's the that's the thing. That's the thing. I really want carrot cake. You should get some carrot cake. Oh, I, I like some carrot, carrot cake. Carrot cake's nice. I yeah, like carrot is, yeah. cake. Yeah, carrot cake's really good, yeah. Yes, yeah. We're going to review. Um, what have you watched? Should I talk about Spider-Man 2? Because I've got nothing else to watch. That's the only thing I've watched. Have you really... No, come on, there's other stuff. I didn't finish watched. my... I haven't finished Deep Space Nine. How so have I'm you not finished that. Deep Space Nine? Because I've been busy. I've been falling asleep every... What? I mean, come on. There's, there's got to be something. There's nothing. You can, all of us can watch multiple things each week. You watched two seasons of The Boys? Yeah, that's about... That's, Did that's, you watch anything That's else? an entire... Did you play Tunic? No. I haven't got Game Pass. I've been trying to save money because we got friggin' Bills. Transformers to buy. <laughs> Bills to pay, i got mouths to feed, there ain't nothing in this world for free. Did you play... Oh, uh... I played Borderlands 3, there you go. Oh, there you go, there you go, how's that going? Uh, it's mediocre. Oh. Did I review Borderlands 3 last time? No. No. Okay, but Borderlands 3 is fine. It's more of the same, isn't it? I didn't realise April's games were, one mm-hmm. of them for PS Plus was Hood, Outlaws and Legends. The game that has 20 players on Steam right now. Oh, sweet. Slay the Spire, though. Fun. Slay the Spire. Uh, yeah, that's good. Yeah. I bought that on Switch, though. But, um, right. So, Borderlands 3. Yeah. It's more Borderlands. Yeah. They've added a new gameplay mechanic. I'm pretty sure it's new to this. Where if you jump near a ledge, you can climb up onto it. And that is all the development that has gone into Borderlands 3 in terms of new mechanics. Did me singing Cage the Elephant literally bring this to Yeah, I remember the um, songs. The it was first the theme one. in the first, first one, one, yeah. yeah. Ain't no rest for it. Money don't grow on trees. This has got another song. I don't know what song it was. Is it by Cage the Elephant? No, probably no, not. I don't care. But um, this one's got the trap, Claptrap impersonator shows you where to go and then you meet these two, like, they're supposed to be like Twitch streamers but yeah. post-apocalyptic Twitch streamers 
and they're killing people and stuff. And I don't really care. No. There's, there's a vault to get to. Lilith's the only one who comes back because I guess all the other actors are in unions and they like don't want to hire them. A lot of them die. Because there's a lot of... Um, no, no, you do. Some of them come back. Yeah, but they barely ever do The sniper guy comes back. Because freaking... There's a lot of dodginess around Gearbox and yeah. where they spend their money and stuff like that. Wait, isn't Gearbox the one where the guy used to do magic tricks for women? Yeah, Randy Patch- Pitchford, the one who had the porn on the USB. Yeah, he had like a barely legal porn. No, wasn't it kiddie porn? It was barely legal. Oh right. Yeah, and you need it for research for a magic trick. Yeah, definitely. And yeah. he's also got a history of abusing his workers. But yeah. you know, whatever. But um, I didn't pay. I didn't really pay anything for it. It was in a humble bundle. <laughs> yeah. I think I paid a, a fiver for it and I got a physical copy. Yeah, it's it's just more the same. I don't know, the thing is, it's amazing. There's been four Borderland games, not counting the Tales from the Borderland series, <laughs> and there's been next to no change in gameplay in the slightest. No, That's that's not entirely true. Like, the se- the pre-sequel... Yeah, had- the only one not developed by Gearbox. Yeah, yeah, that had a... That, that had the zero gravity stuff going zero on. Zero gravity and the oxygen meter and all that yeah. other stuff. Like- they put some tweaks in there. This one, yeah. nothing. No. Absolutely nothing. Oh, the, they, they keep talking about like the fucking vehicle combat's really dumb, but it's dog shit in this it's one. It's the same. Yeah, yeah. It did feel a bit off when I was playing it. Yeah. Something felt a bit different. It was sluggish, didn't it? Yeah. But um, no, nah, it's more the same. You got. I mean, I've been playing as the girl who has the mecha, like you, the armor that you go around. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. um, it's fun, isn't yeah. it? I guess. Um, but she yeah. She has two, doesn't she? She has two modes. You can send it off on its own. Yeah. Like a Titan, or you can manage I don't know. It. I mean, I, I can only drive it. Oh. I don't know. Maybe it's one of the skill trees. I don't know. But uh, it's it's fine. It's more boring. I can't really, There's not much to say about it. I got the whole... I bought the Season Pass DLC for it. Oh, yeah. So I got all the DLC. I don't know why. Did you... Did you it was an offer. They had some voucher or something. Have you done, like... I think it's not that long into the game. I think it's only, like, two hours into the game. Have you done the virtual reality level? Yeah, I don't know when you got the woman's head. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like that level. That's what's going on. Generate a new body form yeah. from one of the from the and things. you have to go in and out of the VR to go and get bits of her consciousness and her personality. Like yeah. I've done that bit. Yeah, I think that's probably the last thing I did. And I did a bit more than that. Yeah, I've done a bit more. Yeah. There is like, there's a few more things than that. I've done the whole thing. We had to replace a bunch of statues and yeah, I've been collecting up parts and for Claptrap to make his a new antenna. Yeah, and all this sort of stuff, um, which I'm pretty sure was a mission in one of the previous games. I remember giving him a coat hanger antenna in one of the previous games. Like the problem is that Borderlands Two is really good. <clears throat> I still think the first one's the best one. <laughs> I didn't like the first one as much as I like the second one. I like the first one. It's a good game, don't get me wrong. Like, the base game of the first <clears> one <throat> is better than the base game of the second one. But the problem is the second one, with all the DLC and everything else they did, was great. There was so much to that game. And I could have done without all the cutscenes and story stuff they kept working into it. They bumped up the wackiness of all the characters a whole load. Yeah, I guess. I like the first one because you can churn through that game in about ten hours. Yeah. Once you've finished it once and you've got a character levelled up, it's like it becomes a game that you play through multiple times. Yeah. But um, I can't see myself do it. And, I mean, I, I played through Borderlands 2 like twice and I got bored. I'm playing for it again right now on Switch, but I'm mm. not like putting... The problem yeah. is that I bought... You got me that collection for my birthday. I can't see me even finishing the third one. I didn't play much of the pre-sequel. I couldn't. I just I I felt burnt out on Borderlands when that came out. See, I played for the pre-sequel when I got it on Xbox. It was like seven years ago nearly, wasn't it? Yeah. Jesus. I played that when it came out on Xbox, and then I got... As I said, because you got me all the ones on Switch, I started playing Borderlands 1 and got through that fairly quick. I haven't done any of the DLC for Borderlands 1, but I didn't really like the DLC for that one. So I'm doing Borderlands 2 now, and that's... Mm. It is... It is really fucking fun. I remember the Tiny Tina's um, yeah. Dungeons and Dragons really one was good. quite fun. Yeah. 
because you get like uh, proper proper weapons from that unicorn. And now they've made a whole game about it. Yeah, which is apparently all right. It's more Borderlands, but with yeah, fancy, fancy stuff. stuff. Uh, do, you, do you know what they should have probably done? What? They probably should have actually developed Aliens Colonial Marines instead of outsourcing it all to another company and making them take the blame for the lack of work they did on it. Company that can spell. Because mm. that one mistake in Colonial Marines fucked the whole game, didn't it? Yeah. You can fix it on PC. Mm. <laughs> fix the typo. Which you could do it on the other consoles, but they never bothered to roll out an update, did they? No. Nah. Good move, good move. Yeah. Too much effort. Yeah. Michael Beano will go around giving people discs. Yeah. And just drive around giving He's got nothing better to do. Yeah. But no, it's, um, it's, it's fine. It's deep. It's, you know, it's more Borderlands. If you like Borderlands, you're going to like it, maybe, if unless you're burnt out on it like I am. Like, I'm still burnt out on Elder Scrolls games. I can't see myself going back to the new Elder Scrolls when it comes out. Oblivion was enough. Skyrim was a bit too much. I still go back to Skyrim all the time. But I, I like, the problem is that Skyrim is one of those games that, for me, it's like Resident Evil. Mm. If you know where to get, like, this, you know where to get that. Or if no, you just... because Morrowind, <laughs> No, 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 none of them have been. But Morrowind felt like, because Skyrim is, like, big, open expanses, like, you can't... In Morrowind, you get lost in a forest. Yeah. In Skyrim, you can't. You can always find where you are. You partly run up a hill with your horse, run up a mountain, can't yeah. you? As long as you run the horse sideways, you get up a mountain. Yeah. But, like, I, I like Skyrim because I like being in that world for a little bit and just, like, shooting arrows at stuff and just having that massive expanse to play around with. It's more like a playground than anything mm. else. Like, I don't like Minecraft or, like, Fortnite. I can't really get on with those games. Sure, no, Minecraft's good. I like Minecraft. Minecraft's well. I haven't played it for years, but it's, you know... Minecraft's good. Fortnite can't avoid. They're taking out the building of Fortnite. I find they? that funny. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> they finally just admitted that they were making this an entirely different game to what they started with. Well, no, Fortnite originally was going to be building. But it was no, zombie. Fortnite is. Fortnite is. Yeah. <laughs> a wave-based shooter where you build fact. Um, yeah, that's what I was going. That's what I was doing defenses, about, yeah. but absolutely no one plays that. Yeah. Like everyone plays the battle royale mode. Fortnite battle royale. Like friggin', I'm surprised they haven't taken the friggin the wave-based shooter out of it yet. Yeah. Uh, see, the thing with Borderlands is that I always thought after the first one they would go online multiplayer, like, tons of players in the second one. Yeah. Like, you know, have each area be a hub, like 30-odd players running around or whatever in each area. You know, make it an MMO by the third game. But it hasn't happened. They've just stuck to the same game every time. <laughs> and it's always set on the same... It's still all on Pandora, isn't it? Yeah. The only one that isn't is the pre-sequel. Which is on the moon, apparently. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know. And they keep saying the vaults are all over the galaxy. So let's go to another well, planet. I think, isn't, doesn't Borderlands 3 have multiple planets? I don't know. I mean, you've got more than one planet in that one. I'm not gone that far into it. No, okay. And skags and stuff, you shoot them, it's fine. Well, the problem is as well... Why is my chair oh, so lopsided? Outer Worlds is out now, and that's a lot better. Yeah. Yeah, Outer Worlds is a different, Outer Worlds is a different game. Outer Worlds is more Fallout. Yeah, I know, but it's still just a better RPG, action yeah. RPG with guns. Um, also, Borderlands Three, you really don't get that many guns. I like, love guns. You get like all the shit guns, like loads oh, of yes. shit guns, but you rarely get like rare drops. Yeah, they've really stopped that because I mostly ended up. You with, have like, the keys. You got to get those keys. Yeah, they give out and buy those keys. Shit. Like the first and second game gave you rare guns. If like in normal yeah. fights, that was kind of the point. Is like it would constantly throw shit at you to try. In Borderlands Three, I think I ended up finishing the game with like green guns yeah. mostly because you just don't get any fucking rare stuff like you get a couple from missions but you level out of the mission shit so quickly yeah, I don't know much special 
Yeah. Go away. Not that far into it. Yeah. Four lads three. Yeah. The bosses are a bit shit as well in this one. Yeah. They're not like big raid style bosses like you get in the other one. They're like just fucking people with like boom. Most of the bosses were like that in the first one though. What raids? No, most of the bosses in the uh, in the previous ones were just sub souped up bandit that has one weak spot you got to exploit. No, like you'd have it be a bit more imaginative. To like- there was there was the raid bosses, but they were the multiplayer bosses. Yeah, which you'd end up solo in on your second playthrough. <laughs> but like the most story bosses were just some bandit that had armor. Or yeah, that's true. That or one like with a the specific small, damage dice. Yeah, the one that had the small head or something. So it's I really fucking love those bandits where you shot the mask off. Yeah. And they had just normal head and you shot the head and then suddenly their fucking spine would shoot out and they'd just be a dangling head above their body. Gross. Yeah, do you not remember those? That was, that was Resident Evil 4. No, it wasn't. That was Borderlands. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, whatever. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. You know what else I say fuck it about? Fuck Morbius, the Sony Pictures spun movie. Morbius. Yeah, I saw Mor- Morbius. Uh, it's dog shit, guys. It's a really fucking dog shit movie. Sorry. It's not fun dog shit either. Like like the stuff you buy from the joke shop. Yeah. <laughs> or when I was a kid, dog shit went white. So a lot of people have been comparing this to Venom, a film that I don't like. Venom's fucking hilarious. I don't like Venom the movie. I don't like it. But Venom is a movie... That is competently made. We could stop there. Yeah. Venom is a movie. Morbius is not a movie. Morbius is a clip show of one person trying their very best to make sense of utter bollocks and failing at every turn. I've seen a lot of people praise Jared Leto's acting in this. To that I ask, what acting? He's playing a creepy weirdo. He is a creepy weirdo. What's the acting here? Like, people keep saying, oh, he's so vulnerable in the movie. It's like, is that because he looks like a CGI skinny guy in one scene? Like, what part is vulnerable? Here's the other thing as well, right? But he didn't lose weight like Christian Bale did. No, he didn't. Who's in for Love and Thunder. Yeah, 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 which is going to probably be a really good film. Unlike this shit. As an easily forgettable... That's weird he's playing a villain. Well, the God Butcher? Yeah. That's not an easily forgettable villain. That's like a proper villain. We've had this talk before. He has the Necro Sword. This is the beginning of the Null arc. Shut up. It's going to be wasted like Christopher Eccleston, man. I don't care. Speaking of Christopher Eccleston, Matt Smith's in Morbius. Yeah, so (laughs) that was going to be my next point. Thank you for passing... Matt Smith's really good in this. Matt Smith is consistently the best thing in bad movies that... Want sequels, but are never going to get sequels. I was talking earlier today about how um, Matt Smith, like, could have been. He's an incredibly good actor, but the only good film he's been in, he got cut from. Which was in Bruges. Was he in Bruges? Yeah, he was going. He's supposed to be in Bruges. He was going to be the younger version of um, Ray Fiennes' character, oh. and they cut his scenes. Fuck's sake! Yeah, in the flashback. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Matt Smith and and uh, and Jared Leto play. Um, right, so. So Jalio is Morbius, Michael Morbius, a Greek child who has a genius level intellect who is going, trying to cure his disease and his disease specifically means his body doesn't produce blood. I'm not joking. That's the disease him and him and his little buddy Matt Smith who it plays... It couldn't just be sickle cell anemia or something. I don't know, but right. he plays Nico. Doesn't really affect white though. His really friend bad. Matt Smith is called Nico, but his real name yeah. is Lux, Lux, Luxius. Lu- Lucius? It's not Lucius, it's like Luxius. It's a really dog shit name. But anyway, they're, they're good friends and Jared Leo is looking for a cure for his illness. In looking for a cure for his illness, he invents a fake blood. Like in True Blood, oh. the other vampire thing. And that fake blood 
can save the lives of hundreds because it's it's you know can be used in, in medical practice. It just doesn't cure his illness. No. So Jared Leto is looking that at how good that was. Yeah, Jared Leto is looking at taking the genes of 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 a pyronic, um, basically piranha flying vampire bats. Right. That he's going to take out something from their bodies that prevents people's blood from coagulating. And put it in his own body because somehow that is going to stop oh, well, him. Look at the um, IMDb Sick. credits, and they they just straight up stop naming people like oh, seven yeah, actors yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so he's trying to put that trait into his body to cure him of this disease. Guess what? He does it and becomes a vampire. Does he become a Morbius? He becomes a Morbius. But guess what? Right? Mm. What are the two things you know about Morbius from the Spider-Man cartoons he and had comics? Mouths on his hand. Yeah, mouths on his hands. And does he look gross? In the cartoon, though, not in the yeah. comic. Does he look gross and have a Morbius face? Yeah. Yeah, guess what? Jared Leto has a handsome, normal face. Yeah, because it's Jared Leto. You know what happens? When he gets his little bit of blood craving, he gets the face of Morbius popping out of his face. No. Yeah. It, like, takes over his face. Like, yeah, yeah! And it's dog shit. It looks like shit. There's another thing, right? It would when hurt if your face did When that. he's running around, right... Guess what they what effects they use to make it look like he's a vampire man? A lot of blurring. A lot of blurring. You know what yeah. that was done in? PS1 style motion blur. You know what that you know what game had that in? Had almost the exact same plot as this in Soul fact. Reaver. No. Prototype. Uh, Do you remember Prototype? Yeah. Where when you flew around you all those blood bits coming out of you? Yeah, yeah. Exactly the same fucking effect. It looked better in Prototype than it looked in this shit. Oh. So, anyway, Jared Leo invents this thing, injects himself with it, becomes Vampire Man, right? You got that? You got that? He becomes Morbius, the living vampire. One person on here, is his character was called Soccer Guy. Yeah. So, Morbius does that, and then he goes on a rampage and kills a bunch of people on the boat, because he does, he does his experiments on himself on international water, and you know why he does it on international water? Oh... Just look, no, no crimes. Law, yeah, no that's crimes. The in the boys when they do yeah. the plane thing. Yeah, so they can't no crimes. Off. They can't be slapped on the wrist. Yeah, no crimes. You know, yeah, so uh, he does it on international water, ejects himself, and then he destroys the fucking boat, mate. Kills yeah. everyone on there except for his girly friend who somehow gets knocked out. This is a villain. Right, kills everyone on there. And, uh, and, uh, and then he's like, he's like, I'm going to jump overboard and then swim back. And he swims back. And he's like, oh, I need fake blood to survive. And he's monitoring how long it takes him. And he's like, I've got the, I've got the, I'm, I'm handsome now and I'm better now. And then the police come and they're like, you killed a bunch of guys. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. They're like, we're taking you to prison, Michael Morbius. And he's in prison. And he's like, what happened to my blood? And they're like, put it away in evidence. He's like, you won't like me when I'm hungry. That's right. He says, you won't like me when I'm hungry. I'll play on that famous Hulk line, you won't like me when I'm angry. That's actually in the fucking film. Do you remember when Stuart Lee was interviewing Ang Lee? No. And he said, when everyone's set, did you say, um, don't make me Ang Lee, you wouldn't like me when I'm angry? That's amazing. amazing. (laughs) And Ang Lee didn't get the joke. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, anyway, yeah, so uh, Matt Smith sees Morbius is a vampire and he's like, mm. oh, that's beautiful, I want that power. Because he's yeah. like Cripple Boy with like his like a fucking, his like little sticks. He's got like uh, he's got walking crutches, sticks. yeah. Um, and he's like, he's like, give me that power. And then Morbius is like, no, this is a curse. You don't want this power. And then uh, Matt Smith is like, I do want that power. I'm going to get that power. And then somehow he gets that power. Not explained in the did, movie. Um, Not explained in the movie. What method acting did Jared Leto do to become Morbius? <laughs> he sucked off, I don't know, blood 
Who gives a fuck? It's Jerry Lewis, he's a cunt. He's a dumb Isn't cunt. He, um, Robert Pattinson interview, was it, where he's saying, like, how come whenever people do method acting, it's always, <laughs> always to be assholes, a- yeah. Yeah, I'm beginning to think maybe they just want an excuse to be an asshole. <laughs> I love the fact that every Robert Pattinson interview, he just laughs at everything he says. He's, like, having a great time. Like, have you seen the one after Twilight where he's like, there's a vampire baby? He's <laughs> just, like, pissing himself laughing. Anyway, sorry. So, yeah, then Matt Smith gets the vampire powers and he starts killing people and he's also got a Morbius face, but only when he gets Morbius angry. Um, and then they have a fight and you can't tell what the fuck is happening in the fight because it's this no. terrible blurring effect and it's very dark is it and the 90s style thing where it's like they've they've cut the frame rate so down so it goes really quick and then you have a yeah and then it slows down and they go and then some silver chair plays yeah no 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 Evanescence is there 30 seconds to Mars song on the soundtrack did he, is there 30 Seconds to Mars song on no. the soundtrack? So he doesn't even sing a theme tune? I don't think so. Fucking, you know, what's the point in getting Jared Leto if he's not going to sing Look, the theme tune? Look, he's a 50-year-old creepy man. One of the funniest things... Will Smith did the theme tune to Men in Black and Men in Black 2. Nod your head! Black suit's coming! Nod your head! Not Men in Black 3, though. No. Which is, like, really good. Men in Black 3 right, is really yeah. good. Yeah. I haven't seen Men in Black, Black International. No, that's bad. No, is it? Yeah, Chris Hemsworth does not do the theme song. Does He, he doesn't <laughs> do the theme song? No. Nor does Tessa Thompson. Oh. Emma, em, em, Liam Emma, Neeson does. No, what's her name? Emma. <laughs> Emma Thompson. Perhaps. Emma Thompson does it. Yeah. I'm in the Men in Black. And she says the N word. Yeah. With a hard a lot, of a, a hard R. Like. Says it a lot. Um, no. Um, so yeah. So uh, they have a fight, and then um, Jared Leto uses a thing that he was going to kill himself with to kill Matt Smith. Oh, that's. And once he does that, I was like, maybe just make some more and kill yourself as well, because fuck you. Fuck this stupid fucking movie. No, he's, uh, I've learned after <laughs> killing Matt Smith that I want to live. <laughs> um, one, of the, one of the interesting things about this movie is that there is a murder mystery halfway through, but they're like, who murdered that nurse? And it's clearly not Jared Leto, because he has said constantly throughout the film, I'm not drinking human blood anymore. I'm only going to drink the fake blood. And then it's like, oh yeah, Matt Smith probably did it. And then they reveal that Matt Smith has taken the, the Morbius drug and is better by having him do a usual suspects. He goes into Morbius's room and he's got like a cane and he's like hamming it up a little bit, but he's really not even trying. And he's like, well, I and guess... And then it's... he molests you. No, 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 no. <laughs> That's a Kevin Smith. Uh, Kevin Spacey. It's Kevin Spacey. Sorry, sorry, Kevin Spacey. Um, and then he, he limps out the room, but he leaves his cane. And then as he's limping down the corridor of the prison, he just he's like, back, he's like, like, don't worry, mate, just forgot my cane. <laughs> Just come back. I've slept in a prisoner's cell. That's oh, all right, though, isn't it? Forgot my cane, mate. I'd lose my, lose my head if it wasn't screwed on, wouldn't I? Hey, hey. I forgot, forgot my fake blood, mate. <laughs> forgot my fake blood. I need a bit of a sip. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <So>, mate. <laughs> oh, what are you oh, like? I've had too much blood. I'm off it. Um, no, and so he walks out and then just starts walking normally, and he's like, "Oh, I'm secretly a vampire." Um, it's so shit. It's so unbelievably shit. Like it. For some reason, Jared Leo's in prison midway through the movie, and that's when he says, you won't like me when I'm hungry. Hmm. They take away his blood. He never transforms into a Morbius to go crazy and kill a bunch of people. Yeah, I like the prison bit in um, Venom 2, when Carnage just fucks everyone up. Oh, in yeah, the that's good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so so let's let's just quickly... This film isn't in the MCU. Despite all the speculation that it might be in the MCU, it's not. What happens at the end is that... You know, they in all the trailers, you've got Michael Keaton. Yeah. Like, Hey, I'm going to start a team. Come join my team. Like that. Uh, yeah, he doesn't do that. No. What happens is, at the end of the film... He doesn't film, say anything like that. He just says cryptic bullshit. Yeah. 
at the end of this film, they show the lights from Spider-Man No Way Home, you yeah. know, where all the people came through, mm. and suddenly his character from Spider-Man Homecoming is in this universe. What a waste. And he's just like, oh, okay, what happened? And then there's a news report that says, we're going to release this guy who turned up in a prison outfit because we don't have any record of him being in prison in our world. Oh. And then Michael Morbius, for some reason, is driving a car through the desert. Again, unexplained. And he, as he's driving the car, he suddenly pulls over and you hear the sound of Michael Keaton's glider from the first Spider-Man. The no, no, she brought going, no, he just turned up in a prison outfit. So he's obviously made this in that world because he was the tinkerer, apparently. He had it in his pocket. So he turns up with a glider, doesn't take his mask off, doesn't like, he just goes, hey, have you heard of Spider-Man? And Morbius is like, who? And he goes, I'm building a team. I think we could do some good. And then Morbius goes, intriguing. Come to black. It's not even in the Venom world. You never see Michael Keaton's face in this movie. Yeah, but it's not even in the Venom world. No, no. Did they change the Spider-Man that was on that one wall again? I don't think you even see that in this one. Oh, because it was you a do photo see the Daily of the... Bugle. Um... You do see the Daily Bugle from Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. Do you? Yeah. No, don't say it in that world. Yeah. No, 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 no. You don't even... It doesn't even have the Venom line in it. Oh. You know in the trailers he goes like, goes, I'm Venom! And he's like, I'm just kidding. Oh. From the trailer, that's not in this. Oh. So I think that Sony keep Venom separate. It's good. I think Sony have smartly decided let's never combine this with anything else. It is abysmal shit. Mm. We've cut it to ribbons. We've hired a known pedophile and cult leader as the main character for some reason. Every time one of his films comes up, something else like people remind you. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's going to be a little creeping catch up. Yeah. Where eventually there's going to be so many films, it'll catch up a little bit too much and they won't be able to hide it anymore. Let's just quickly, because we do this most times, let's just James Gunn, Jared Leto. Oh, there's the one where he's like, um, yeah, he stops at 18 on on the internet, does he? Yeah. Jared Leto implies that, no, sorry, James Gunn implies that Jared Leto is a paedophile. Yeah. Yeah. Because someone made a joke about him. messaging 18 year olds on Twitter on in, in social media and James Gunn said what was it oh he stops at 18 on social media yeah it? it wasn't that long ago as well no it wasn't it was right before the Suicide Squad was released the yeah. new one you know friggin Leto who you know wasn't in Suicide Squad so yeah you know. he wasn't in the good Suicide Squad yeah isn't it amazing how shitty isn't this yeah um, so James Gunn is using his platform to ruin Jared Leto over rumours oh, yeah, is that what he's doing is that what he's doing rumours yeah but um, Jared Leto yeah he's just a fucking scumbag so nothing it? like that ever came about Mick Fleetwood oh right yeah sorry. Fleetwood Mac it's just rumours man <laughs> so I went to go see this in uh, I went to go see this the day it came out in like a because fairly... the Fleetwood Mac album's called yeah. Rumours yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I get it I get it with the chain on it it's a yeah. good song um, I went to go see speaking of James Gunn and Guns of the Galaxy I went to go see this in the cinema on the day of release, right? About 5.20. And there were a lot of people in the cinema. Oh. And there is a scene at the beginning where... Right at the beginning, he, from the trailer, that scene where he cuts his hand, puts it through the little shower, and all the vampire bats come out. Yeah. That's right in the beginning of the film. Oh, good. That's he like the bats. first scene. He likes right? bats. And you think that's how he's going to get his powers, but no, he just does some science and injects himself with shit. Right? And, uh, and then it cuts to a little card that says 25 years later and I went oh so he's 25 years old and it's an 8 year old and I was like 
Jared Leto's playing a 35-year-old, a 33-year-old man in this. Yeah. He is so bloated and weird looking. Did he that- forget to take his makeup off on the... <laughs> It's just from, from Yasuguchi. Yeah. He comes out and wants Oh my god, I'm a vampire! But daddy, I'm a vampire! I'm so emaciated. <laughs> I can't eat spaghetti anymore. I'm a vampire, the garlic, daddy! Spaghetti. Um, it's so fucking bad. But anyway, yeah, 25 years later. And I said in the cinema quite loudly, I went, Oh, so he's going to be 25. And people started laughing. I was like, Well, this audience clearly knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> Because he, he does, like, people keep saying, oh, he looks so good for his age. And I was like, yeah, he looks good for a 50-year-old, but he doesn't look 33. No. He looks 48. People don't 45. think I'm 39. So. I think you're older, don't they, Ant? No. no a, <laughs> lady, a lady the other day was like, oh, I would have thought you were, like, late 20s, early 30s. She said that, and then she went, oh, oh, oh sucking on your dick in the middle of the shelf floor. That was... Busy day. <laughs> oh, yeah, so Morbius. I'm going to give it an Adam Sandler. In fact, no, actually, fuck it. Adam Sandler's not been accused of molesting anyone, has he? No. Or right, I'm giving it a Jared Leo. That's no, he's now just the been worst. accused of being really bad at stuff. Oh, he's really bad at stuff. Comedy, which um, you know, really is worse. I'll tell you what, this is going to be... Jared Leo is now my worst, my worst score. This is getting a Jared Leo... It's just above a Bill it's Cosby. It's Jared Leto. I'm not going to give him the respect to say his name proper. It's like when I say Graham Lynham. Linham. <laughs> I fucking say Turf's names properly. Um, but anyway, yeah. What a fucking pedo. Joke Rowling. Yeah. It's JK. A, what a what a fucking what a total pedophile this film is. Dog shit. So and when you go to see Morbius, by the way. Fucking never. I was disappointed I didn't go see Venom 2 in the cinema. Cause the first I'll tell you film... what, Venom 2, a lot of fun. People yeah. really poorly reviewed that, but I stand by that fucking, that carnage effect. If they just, I think they just needed to be a bit more red. Like the problem was it did look very pale and it was like... Just turn the red colour off on your TV. Yeah. It'll be fine. Because it looks so gooey and awesome when he's actually fucking fighting Venom. And like I said when I, when we reviewed that, it's like... I like the way that tears his body apart. I like when it finishes after 86 minutes. Yeah, that's good as well. That's one of the best things. Like, dear Lord, please, more films <coughs> do that, please. Also, the fucking end fight doesn't have a huge beam. It's just in a church. Yeah. Just a nice little fight. It's going to be a wedding. Yeah. Everyone loves a wedding. Yeah, exactly. They should have had a cut to someone banging on the window. Go, don't <laughs> marry her. Marry me. Yeah, that would have been good. It could be Morbius. Don't watch that. Watch my movie. No, it's dog shit. Right. Oh. But yet, there's currently a trend called Morbius Sweep where people are like, Morbius is the best movie ever. It's like, no, nah, it's bad. Mate. It's Hasn't it actually got the number one, though, because there's nothing else out? <sighs> I thought Spider-Man still had the number one. No, no. Batman did for a bit, didn't it? Te Batman. Should we see what... The Batman was really good. I like that. That's a better film with a bat. <laughs> they reckon that Morbius has done a 39 million opening weekend. Yeah. It's great. People can see it. Oh, God. <laughs> On the plus side, like I don't think people will go see it again. Is this going to be on Disney Plus, Morbius? <laughs> Doesn't Netflix have like some sort of rights to all the Sony Spider-Man films or something? How has Sonic done worse? Because Sonic Two came out, didn't it? Uh, it's just I don't think it's out in America yet. Oh, right. I'm pretty sure we got it before America. But um, I've heard Sonic Two's good fun. 
I've, yeah, I've heard it's good. Yeah. Sonic 2. Apparently, one guy was saying, one guy I know was, went to see Sonic 2. And um, when the end credits started coming out, the people in the audience started chanting, Big the Cat, Big the Cat. <laughs> was it just him? Is that who did it? No, I think it's packed fear for Spider for Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Oh, wow, okay. So, uh, <clears throat> if it did 39 million, that's half of Venom and and less than half of Venom 2. No. Oh. And less than... Well, for Virginia. opening weekend. Yeah. No. Oh. Venom 2, man. It's just fun. Just let yourself have some fun. Although I want a version of the film where where Woody Harrelson's got the wig on that he had at the end of the first Venom film. I want just leave the original wig. Yeah, I want that. I want that clown wig on. I want that Poundland clown wig. Because mm. that's that's what Cletus Custody should have on his. Just, I fucking I don't understand how people like this film. They're saying that people like the original Suicide Squad, so there's dumb fucks yeah, out there. People who keep saying the Zack Snyder films are masterpieces, and there's people that keep saying that David Ayer is a good filmmaker, and that first film wasn't just a fluke. Uh. I'm starting to think it was just a fluke. Uh, what, End of Watch? Yeah. yeah it's alright. I really like the film. Uh, I think it's a really good film, but uh, I mean, everything he's done since is dog shit. I don't know what he's done since. He did that horrible Shia LaBeouf film where Shia LaBeouf played like a mob guy, did Suicide Squad and did Bright. Yeah. So it's like film. Oh, Bright. Yeah, he directed Bright. Max Landis' Rape Mobile. Yeah. Oh, more sexual assault people. Yay! Yay! So you done? Is Max Landis dead now? No, he's he started up his YouTube channel again, didn't he? Did he? Yeah, he tried recommending some like his wrestling, his not wrestling thing again a little while ago, and then I clicked on it, I clicked on his channel, and saw that he's been offering advice again or something. He's not on Twitter though. Finally, Max Landis is cancelled, which is really a cartoonish term to describe what should conclude in a long prison sentence. <laughs> he was making the Pepe Le Pew movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, right. you know what they say, right? What you know. So. Like, that's kind of the weird thing, isn't it? Because he was doing, like, a lot of his um, online presence came from that red letter media thing that he did. Did it? I thought he'd already. He had, like, he had, like, some fringe shit and, like, cinema, like, proper cinema people, but. People like us that sort of... Um, I didn't know of him before. I knew of him from Chronicle. Yeah, I didn't know him from Chronicle. I only knew no, Josh Trank. Yeah, I knew when it came out because they made a big deal about him because um, he had sold, like, off the back of Chronicle, sold, like, five other films. Most yeah, of which Shadow of the Cloud was the one that came out. The I, not I, Frankenstein, the other Frankenstein one. One of James, um, James McAvoy. Oh, yeah. Um, that was one of his. Victor. Victor. Victor Frankenstein. Because that was one of the other attempts to launch a dark... Dark Universe. Yeah, Shadow in the Clouds was the one that released recently. Was it? I didn't watch Chloe it. Grace Moretz. Never heard of it. <clears throat> I reviewed it for the podcast. Oh, I wasn't. I, I... Weren't you there for that episode? No. Oh, okay, cool. No. All right, and your review? Um, right. Back by popular demand. Back I once again with a renegade master. I forgot to review it last week, didn't I? Last time. What? Discovery Season 2. It's finished. Oh, yeah. It's season 4. How'd that go? Season four, Discovery, not two. Season four. We're on season two of Picard. That's not great. But Discovery, um, it's really good. They've yeah. actually really improved the show what now. What they discovered? Well, you know, like, the first <clears throat> two series were were sloppy messes. Big sloppy messes. Yeah. With maybe two good episodes of Star Trek in amongst both series. Yeah. Um, this series, like, season three was better. Bit, bit scrappy still, but it was better. But this series, like... 
other than a couple of episodes when it was very, very Discovery, like the usual stuff, where, you know, just nonsense. Mm. Um, it managed to have a series-wide plot, but every episode with its own individual self-contained thing. Like, I knew where a beginning, middle, and end was going. Within the first few minutes of each episode, I had an idea of what the story was going to be for this episode. Yeah. Whereas in a lot of... There's only, like, there's one or two episodes where that there's not much of that going on. But season three, and even the previous... Season one and two especially, there was a lot of episodes where you don't really get a plot until like halfway through the episode and you don't really know what's the aim or the goal. What's the... <coughs> Bless you. But four does proper episodes. And there's even a couple of episodes of it that are some of the best episodes of Star Trek for years. Like, for friggin' ages. Mm. Um, there's a great episode. The main plot for this series is there's a big old black hole that keeps turning up like a massive light year spanning black hole that destroys everything in its area and no one knows what's happening because it's just disappearing and reappearing somewhere else. The exact same black hole. Yeah. Um, so, it's, so, so, you know, they realise after a little while it's not some weird space phenomenon. It's it's made by something. Is this the? Is it still the series where it's like everyone travelled forward in time? Yeah, yeah, they've just stayed there. They haven't mixed it up again, like they did, because the first two series were desperately trying to find the hook. Yeah. Their hook in the first series was the ship can travel anywhere, but then they wasted two episodes introducing this this other ship, and then gave you the discovery ship, and then friggin' all this other bollocks, like all sorts of time wasting that first couple. And the second series gimmick was um, Spock's there now every now and again. That was the whole thing, but. Um, but yeah, they they because that's the thing they kept making it all about entirely about Michael Burnham in the first two series, like she's the most incredible person in the galaxy who's the only one capable of doing everything. But in this series, they've put a lot more effort on she's the captain now of the Discovery, mm. and they've put a lot more effort on giving the crew's characters, giving more story stuff to the crew members, like even taking the two pilot girls who work at comms and navigation who have been there since the series started and not had a single bit of character development the whole time. They even get an episode each where they become a main part of the focus. Yeah. Um, yeah, one of them, like, she goes on the away mission. She never really had much chance to prove herself, but there has been times when you've seen her in the gym boxing mm. and stuff, and they need to earn some money quick. So she chucks herself into a fighting pit and fights fights aliens in the fight pit, purposely losing to yeah. them so she can kick their ass in the last round when the stakes are really high. Oh, right. <laughs> Fine. Like, playing the odds. Yeah. yeah. Just fucking with them, basically. Um, but, yeah, they, you know, it's nice to actually know that their characters have names <laughs> and do something. Um, and they've, you know, carried on some developments from the previous series, like the ship, a, the ship's computer. They, like, in season two, they had this special super AI that the bad guys are after. They're after this AI for some bollock reason they had to go way into the future so it could never get to it or some shit um but they in the set third series every now and again they hinted that the ship's computer was developing somehow but nothing really came of it it sort of got dropped during the series it was there but it was like never a plot but in this series they made a big deal about how the ship's computer is self-aware and it's an ai now and it's like it's basically a living thing like as far as this computer is concerned the ship is its body and its purpose is to protect everyone on board so you get all this stuff where the ship starts to not follow the orders, the command given, because it's worried about the risk to the crew members on board. Mm. Because it's like she sees the crew members as her children. And um, there's like an episode where she's having anxiety and stuff. And 
she's like this because the ship's developing anxiety about the situation that's going on because it can't see a way out of it that isn't going to be extremely dangerous for everyone. And she gets calmed down at one point when she just starts talking to one of the characters in Ten Forward, who's not a crew member, just a civilian on board the ship. Yeah. And they start playing a game against each other and it distracts her hmm. and cuts out the noise. Um, that episode's fantastic. Like they, they go into the black space that's left behind by the black hole where there's nothing in there. Yeah. And they find like something in there that's disintegrating. It's like a pollution that's left behind and it's destroying anything it touches. And they send out probes and the probes scream as they get destroyed because the probes have a little bit of her AI in it. So she is her whole consciousness in the AI now? The ship is the ship has a consciousness. The ship's a oh, living okay. being. Um, but they have that episode where they need to get out of that ship and it's brilliant how they get out of it. It's like they, they send out sonar waves, yeah. like going old school, like oh, as if like, they're underwater. Like the um, what was it Star Trek 3 yeah but they, they send out sonar waves pulses to pick mm. up where this matter is that's disintegrating them and burn, you know tearing the ship apart because it's they couldn't detect it properly beforehand because it was like from outside the galaxy that's a big part of the point they have to go through the Great Barrier which was a thing in Star Trek um, but they they're trying to get out reversing the ship out in this black void where there's no stars and they can't see where they're going trying to avoid all the stuff that's going to burn them up all the crew have gone into pattern buffers in the teleporters, which calls back to Star Trek Next Generation with how they found Scotty. Yeah. Because um, they, you know, he was in a pattern buffer for like a century. That's how they found him. His ship crashed. He put himself in a loop in the transport, effectively always being... Transported. Transported. So he effectively stays in the pattern buffer, but, you know, but they did that to the entire crew. Yeah. So only Michael Burnham stays on board and she gets the ship's AI to sing a song to her. To help them stay calm, to you know, and she sings stormy weather. Um, that's a really great episode. Though. That episode's fantastic. It's a cool idea. Yeah, it's like a proper science fiction. But then later in the series, there's like two debates going on, and the whole episode has nothing but these two debates. There's no lasers fired. There's just talking. On one side, you have got Michael Burnham and a couple of other characters trying to petition Federation on what they're going to do about this DMA because they find out it's not necessarily a weapon. They don't know if it's a weapon or not. They don't know what the intentions are. Yeah. They figure out later, but they, they go, we can't just go and assume that they're a threat, that they're trying to kill us, because we don't know what they are, where or who they are. They could just be doing something and not realise they're harming life forms oh, and stuff. Oh, right. Like, like the energy people, yeah. whatever it was. Yeah. But the other side of the debate is, we can blow this thing up. And, and we can prevent this sort of damage. But that could start ones. a war. Yeah. So their goal is, do we go and make first contact with them and solve it the peaceful way? Or... Do we just blow this thing up? Why do you not always try peace first? But that's that debate's going on. Hmm. But it's because the thing's destroying planets and one of the main characters, his entire homeworld got destroyed as he was leaving it. So he's like pretty angry. Yeah. Um, and there's this other guy who's like in his head because he wants to use it to as to, to harness its power oh, right. for his own nefarious means. Do they end up talking to it? Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a freaking... The whole... that The finale is like... 20 minutes of some explosions to keep everyone happy and the rest of the episode is literally them having negotiations oh, cool. with a very complex alien race it's not like anything that's done in Star Trek but a proper hard to understand alien race hmm. but um, the rest of that episode where they're having that debate is a bunch of the crew members in one room on the Discovery debating whether or not the ship's AI is a living being or not and they're trying oh. to decide whether or not they need to shut it down because it could be a threat because AI's traditionally been kind of a bit of a bad thing in Star Trek every now and again. Yeah, the but, same as the measure of a man. But they 
Because the thing is, Picard, the previous series, had done that whole thing. It was like, oh, no, AI is really bad and it could destroy everyone, which isn't against this and Star Trek. No, because Measure of a Man was the idea yeah. that, you know, the AI was in itself a consciousness. Yeah, but this whole thing <coughs> spends a whole episode with those two debates where they're, one lot's deciding what they're going to do about the process to, you know, save the day. Yeah. And the other one's debating what life is and what is the AI, what their purpose is and all this sort of stuff. Hmm. Um, really good episode. Um, David Cronenberg's in it a couple of times. Oh, really? Yeah, he's, he had a cameo in the previous series, and now he's in it like about f- like six of the episodes. He's still like a hundred years old. Yeah, he's great. Oh, go Cronenberg. Can't go wrong. Cronenberg. Does he do any of the music for it? No. Oh. No, I can't go that far. But um, no, it's been a really good series. There's just like loads of episodes that are actually memorable episodes. Like the first series, I can barely remember any of it. Second series especially, can't remember fuck the First all. series, isn't it about her PTSD and then there's that ongoing there's a war that's happening. Well she starts a war. Yeah. She starts a war and then they have the mirror world and then there's yeah. the one good episode is the one where um Rain Wilson's Harry Mudd is like time looping on the ship. Oh I forgot Rain Wilson was in yeah, that for two episodes. Yeah. Um but the second series was a total mess. Nothing stood out in that second series. But um this series, like, there's, you know, there's the Stormy Weather episode, there's the whole debate thing, the finale is fantastic, there's an episode where they go to this planet and their DMAs are heading towards this mining colony. Yeah. And the company that owns the mining colony has evacuated, but they've left a bunch of prisoners behind, because as far as they can say, they don't care. They committed crimes, leave them there. Yeah. So Michael Burnham and um, Book go down onto the planet to try and rescue these prisoners. And some of the prisoners are like having debates about whether or not they should leave or not because if they oh. stay and this DMA doesn't come and destroy them because they're not sure where it's heading at this point, they could be free. And it's like, yeah, there's a whole story and this one guy teaches her about like a family tree thing that he did and he like broke someone's family tree in this in their fa- in their civilization and all this. And it's just like a nice, nice proper Star Trek episode. Hmm. Um, yeah. Um, episode where Tilly's looking after a bunch of cadets and they end up on a planet with a alien creature that's like invisible and hunting them and they need to get up to this top point to send a signal out because they've crashed and they need classic classic Star Trek they need to get somewhere so they can send a rescue signal I was going to say classic uh, uh, After Earth maybe yeah After Earth yeah but um, no it's just been a really good series and like much better than Picard is so far because season 2 of Picard had a really good start and then it's that's a fluke um they, I'm not convinced they've watched. I don't. I, I don't think. Not only do I not think they've watched Star Trek, I think they know a few things from Star Trek. Someone on the team knows some stuff, and they've been told to just write references. Yeah. Um, and they've also don't like Star Trek. Yeah, the Borg Queen's back, isn't she? Yeah, I mean they bring the Borg Queen back all the time. That's not the problem. <laughs> That's um. I kind of thought it was a funny idea that they bring the Borg Queen yeah. along on an adventure. Um, Alice Creek, who plays the Borg Queen, not in this. Oh, is she not? No. Nah. She was the old lady in uh, Texas Chains of Massacre, that yeah. new one. Alice Krieg is, um, she does the Borg Queen in First Contact and in one episode of Voyager. And then someone else for the rest of them. Yeah. Uh, it's a different woman playing her in this. She's just, the woman playing her in this is like the third Borg Queen. Can we pause the recording for just one second? No, we're finished now, aren't we? I need to pee. We're finished. I need to pee really bad. We're not finished. not going to pause at the last two minutes. End the episode. Okay. So it's good. Yeah. Wasn't season three the one with the tra- time travel? Well, that's when they first end up in the yeah. future. That was good, though. But now they've it? stayed there for two series. Yeah, but... That's season... the show's gimmick now. Oh, They're 900 right. years in the future. But season three was good, right? Yeah, season three was all right. Yeah. Four's much better. Okay. All right. Well, that's been episode 183 of Chris Vogelips. Um You've been listening to Matt and Anne talk about stuff for a while. Both of us are super high, en- high energy today. So I'm not. That. No, nor am I. I'm fucking dying, mate. Um, 
as always, you can find out at LV54 Space Monkey on Twitter and also Wild Wars Hat. You can find him as Mellow Gaming on YouTube. You've been doing some good stuff on there about um, some Mega Drive games and some indie games you've been playing. Have I? Watch some of your videos. You shouldn't. Shouldn't do it. No one should. Oh, God, I've been warned. Um, you can find me at Critter Apocalypse everywhere, including uh, PlayStation, Xbox, YouTube, and uh, and uh, Twitter. And as always, Jared Leto fucks kids. Boris Johnson's a cunt. And you got anything to say at the end of the episode? No, no, no. You some Jay, some Jay, some Jay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said exactly what you wanted to say about Jared Leto being a pedophile. Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. yeah. Morbius is the biggest pile of shit... Since steel, no steel's good. Steel's a good. T- I don't mean steel. It's the biggest pile of shit since Catwoman. Cats. It's the biggest pile of shit <laughs> since Green Lantern. Oh, Green Lantern's fun. Mark Strong. Who can hate Mark Strong? It's the biggest pile of shit since Jonah Hex. Jonah Hex is fun. You got Megan Fox. Like, don't be so mean. It's the biggest pile of shit since. I like Spawn, so I'm not going to say Batman Spawn. v Superman. Batman v Superman. It's the biggest pile of shit since Suicide Squad. Yeah. Not the Suicide Squad. That's a good movie directed by James Gunn. The other one, starring that pedophile, Jared Leto. Yeah. Are you done? You're milking the ending. You want us to piss? Oh, yeah. I want to go for a piss. All right. Bye, everyone. Have a good two weeks. See you. Go fuck yourselves. Love you. See you in two weeks. Bye. Cunt.